Hey, yo, this is the L Train, and this show and all shows of the Bigfoot Pro Wrestling Podcast are sponsored by my good friends over at Nacho Mama's Food Truck, gourmet nachos served up hot and fresh by our friends Chris and Sandra. This week, Wednesday, Chain Line Brewing, Kirkland, 5 to 8, Stoop Brewing, Ballard, 5 to 8 p.m., and then the weekend. Saturday, Urban Family Brewing and Magnolia, 1 to 7. Sunday, Carn Brewing, 3 to 7, out there in Kenmore. And then let's talk about this week's specials. Jalapeno Burger Nachos, Cheddar Cheese Sauce, Ground beef with bacon, baby. You get the bacon, baby. <laughs> and then uh, cream cheese, crema, pickled jalapenos, sweet bell peppers, and cilantro. Yeah, them some jalapeno poppers. And then what do we got here with some chips and salsa, mama? Mmm, shishito pepper and japones chili salsa and chips. Yum. And then finish it off with a strawberry lemonade bar. Check these guys out. These locations, go over to their website, nachomamasseattle.com, Twitter, NachoMamasSCA, Facebook, Instagram, NachoMamasSeattle, hashtag NachosBeer, dig on it. Hey, yo, this is the Bigfoot Pro Wrestling Podcast, episode 100 and 18, which meaning, you know, 118. And the person wooing, that's not real woo, let's give it one. Woo! Is Mrs. Clams. She's back on the mic this week. Hello, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. good. How are you doing? I'm doing phenomenal. It's been a fantastic weekend, so it couldn't be better. The only thing that could be better is... We'll get this all done, and I can finish binge-watching Good Omens on Amazon. I got two episodes to go. Hot damn, it's good. I love it. So I can't wait. Was that a read right there? Will you get no. a check? That is a spontaneous, just loving it, shout out. That's all right. Love it. Love it. <laughs> I know you don't. Well, we, 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 we do have a long podcast this week, so we're going to get... You know, just busy here and get it done. Yes, let's. But I just want to make one uh, little announcement before I start. This week, it was supposed to be Danica Della Rouge. There was some scheduling things on my thing. I had to change some things around. So you will get Danica Della Rouge next Monday or, you know, Sunday early, how I've been kind of dropping them. Since I'll make you wait. That's good. I'll make a deal. I will put it out next Sunday. Oh, let's see if he can handle that. We'll see. Well, I got a little more time next week than I did this week. <laughs> yeah. But uh, just for this week, think zebras. But first, a tre- tremendous, tre- da- da- da, tremendous time last night. Yes. Mrs. Clams, can you just kind of throw out what happened? Great time at uh, Dog Days <clears throat> Brewing in uh, Bremerton. You interviewed the one and only Shaf. Uh, Shut your mouth. The show was opened with some comedians. Uh, a good time was had by all, so it was uh, a lot of fun, 
Um, I'm sure that uh, Schaff was trying his best to keep the crowd that didn't understand wrestling in involved. He did a really great job of like talking talking folks who maybe don't know the ins and outs and nitty gritty of yeah. indie. Um, he did a great job like pulling them into. Yeah, there was one point where you know he was telling something and he's like, "All right, how many wrestling folks we got in here?" And, you know, other than the people that were there with us, it was kind of like, um, yeah, okay. Except for one guy. And then Shaft kind of had yes. a kind of back and forth with him for a minute, which was and really then cool. He left. And then, yeah, right in the point, it's like, oh, there goes the one wrestling there, there fan. He goes. But I will say, it was still great. Um, before I say anything else, at the end of this, when I started asking questions, yes. you, Mrs. Clams, thank you well, for asking course. the first question. And it was about uh, blading, blading and blood. Mm-hmm. And Shaft gave a great answer about that. And then. Uh, I think that opened the door yes. for other people to kind of start asking questions. Because I think by the end, maybe we had 10 questions total. Oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe yeah. maybe a little less. And there still. was a couple of really good questions, I thought. Yeah. You know, they were asking Shaft, well, what's your finishing move? And People were engaged. You know, kind of put him on the spot. He's like, I got a finisher, but I don't really have a name for yeah. it. So, you know. No, it was good. It was that really was good. Uh, really fun. And uh, for and my... Bradford hauled you in, and so that was hilarious. For those who like to see that. Why are you bringing up <laughs> Nick Radford's name and the assault well, on this podcast. A strong word. I wouldn't say my that. wrist. You I'd saw the wrap I had on it. Maybe manhandled a little bit. You I've... saw me last night. I had to put a thing on my wrist. Oh, that black wrap sure. after he and it's still bruised. Uh huh. Hey, don't give Philip any like fuel here after no, he listens to this. Please, don't no. Be, you're... Manhandled at the worst. I mean, he, it it was he, not that. He bad. threw me into a chair. Okay, he didn't throw me in a chair. There is a video out there on YouTube, by the he way. He strongly tugged you toward the front. Let's just put it that way. Strongly tugged is a strange thing. I, it is, but, it, <laughs> but it's an accurate description. But yeah, and then he got. He left because he had to feed his he cat. He himself got strongly tugged out. Yes, he got kind of maybe grabbed a little bit. A little bit more than man By the big man. By Shaft. Shaft. Yes. And this was after the guy, Keenan, the guy that was kind of uh, the MC. head kind of host MC there, yeah. kind of had to come out and get in uh, Radford's yeah, face. things got a little squirrely, After he did the thing about the Cook Brothers. But it worked out okay. And then he did a poem. His poem was pretty filthy, with I will say. me in it there was plenty of um innuendo as bruce pritchard would say <laughs> there's quite a bit and not all of it um age appropriate for those so <laughs> anywho it was a good time and um i'm sure we want to thank all who got the show going there's so. a couple things i want to say real quick first couple things i learned Mm. It was my first time we doing this. When you're sitting at your desk and talking to someone on Skype or just maybe sitting in a bar one-on-one without people listening, um, it's a whole lot different. Yeah. Because I could sometimes I'm sitting here and I'm listening to stories. I'm like, oh, that's a good question. I can yes. write that down real quick so I don't forget. When you're in front of a live crowd, you can't really just sit there and <laughs> oh, write stuff down, you know, and you're, on and stage, you're trying to man. think about it. And there was at least three to four times I had a question in my head, and by the time I was done listening to – Whatever Shaft was saying, I had forgotten. And that's the roughness of your short-term memory. See? See, I'm just saying. You've brought up Radford. I'm now just you're talking saying. about my memory. You've got some spotty short-term memory. We all know it. That's the rub of being in public. Are you on Radford's payroll? I'm not at all. I'm on no Jeez. one's payroll. I just live with the day-to-day. I know. <laughs> Nice look you're giving me there. Okay, moving on. 
And I also want to just thank Schaff himself real quick for uh, allowing me to be the person to sit there with him. Um, and a couple times he did save my ass because he knows how to read a crowd. Yes. I don't. He no. was at one point, he's like, dude, we just got to talk old school wrestling and stuff. Mm-hmm. They don't know who I am or some of the people you're bringing up. And then I was like, all right, all right. And we're trying to go through different stuff. You were doing a good job bringing up local favorites like Dave Turner and, and people like that. But this this crowd was not, I mean, no. no one in the crowd had been to a Defy show. No. So that kind of tells you the level of how much they knew about the indie scene. Yeah. So you're bringing up indie people and they're kind of looking at you like, who the hell is that? Yeah. So it, he uh, he was smart to read the room that yeah we he need did. to go back and he to gave me the heads wrestlers. up uh, you know and I tried my best because I you don't did. do well on the it. fly sometimes no you guys did well and we heard some great stories and uh, one story uh, I'm not gonna bring up oh, that everyone Lord. got to hear um, I a, do have audio of most of this show <laughs> do it you know sounds, if that story made it it's on there because oh. that's towards the end do I'm you want to say who it's about. Not yet. Okay. We'll save that because um, I might I might discuss it with him first. Yes. Before I do that. It's a very embarrassing. But the story. audio from it is kind of just sketchy. You can hear the people, but there's mega background noise because yeah. I couldn't plug my thing into the uh, plug my thing plug my <laughs> recorder into the uh, you know system there. I didn't bring the correct cord, and but you can hear what we're saying and stuff, and you can even hear the people's questions pretty good on there for just having a sound yeah, recorder sitting yeah. on the table. I mean, it's so a little, instead of releasing the whole thing, it's a field recording. Let's I'll cut it up way. into some clips. There you go, and just play them on the, the podcast at very times. There we go. Yeah. So but I yeah, just, you should get the okay <coughs> from this mystery guest um, yes. before you tell that story because it's um, it's hella yeah. embarrassing. Because so. I can't remember. If I've heard this story before. I hadn't, and I was shocked. Yeah. Shocked, I say. By the way. What? <laughs> Long pause. What? I was working on my thing. I was going to drop it right. Never no, mind. it was your short-term memory. God damn it, my short-term memory. But anyway, if you want to see a lot of shaft matches, by the way. Yes. Where Mrs. Clams. Where do we go? We go to powerslam.tv. Yes. Yes, and, and you use know what's the free code BF PW free BF PW free BF PW F R E E use it use it wisely great power comes great responsibility and you can watch every Defy now that's been released to date on Power Slam. Dot TV. Yes, catch yourself up on some shaft if you're if you have missed anything. over five thousand hours. Because he talked about those Brody King matches and how jacked up he was after the fact, and they made me want to go back and watch those again to see exactly what happened because he got wrecked. So check it out. So after last night, I feel a little uh, better. About going in three months from now to my ring announcing duties. Yeah, you did great. For um, Rain Pro Wrestling. And just so you remember, put it on your calendar. Mm-hmm. Tell your friends, your family. Gather up your grandma <laughs> and the great grandma and put them in the old vehicle. Load up the jalopy. Load them up. And Come Saturday, September the 7th. Where at, baby? Uh, Tacoma. At the Dystopia <laughs> State Brewing Company. All I know is it's near McMinimins, okay? Rain Pro Wrestling oh, debuts no. with Kiss 
the ring. I was promised a tiki drink. That's all I know. At McMahon. Who promised you the tiki drink? Radford. <gasps> I wasn't supposed to say that. Jesus. He Sorry. didn't. He talked to you? <laughs> what the? He more than that, but whatever. Whoa! We're not going to get into that. Okay. Okay. We're not going to get into that. We got to finish this now so I can turn this recorder off and then we'll, you know, figure out what's going on around here. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> anyway, Dystopia State Brewing Company in Tacoma. Saturday, September 7th. Uh, tickets are going to be 20 bucks. Um, they go on sale June 12th. Um, I don't know if it's going to be at Brown Paper Tickets or whatever. He hasn't really announced that yet. The we'll powers that be. And um, I will be making my Rain Pro Wrestling ring announcing debut. You will. But more importantly, I will be making my bell ringing debut. It's called uh, Official Timekeeper. No. For me, it's the bell ringer. For whom the bell rings. That's my name. <laughs> All right. Maybe we can get a uh, T-shirt. I'm already working on my Mrs. Head over Mumu. to Pro Wrestling T. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, it's a uh, 7 p.m. door time. Yeah. 8 p.m. bell time. It's going to be a big night of action. You want to hear some of the folks on this card? I do. You mean besides me? Yeah, go. Besides me and you, the tag team, Injure Ginger. Injure Ginger. <laughs> Did you like that? Yeah, we'd last all of two hot seconds. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to see Danica Della Rouge, Ooh. who's going to be on this podcast next week. You're going to see the Black Sheep, Dave Turner. Our fave. The o- Oregon Wrestling Club Open Weight Champion, Tectonic. Mm. My big friend, Caden Cassidy. Steve. These all sound like former guests. They are. Even Steve Miggs. Mm. Izzy McQueen's coming up in a couple weeks on this very podcast. We're going to hear from Big Jack. Hear from Big Jack. You're going to see Big Jack and more on this show again. Tickets on sale June 12th, 20 bucks. Be there, be square. Be there, be square. And now it's zebra time. Let's get to the zebras because I got to watch me some demon and angel. Which means you're going to hear first from referee Chris Samuels. He's going to come in and speak on. Being on Twitter, finally. Finally? Finally. Is he just he like He just joined MySpace? in the last month. What the heck? Yeah, he got rid of his MySpace, finally. <laughs> and his, what, uh, did he get his Napster What was the front Friendster or whatever that one back, you know, and Napster and whatever it was. But anyway, he's finally on Twitter. Wow. We talked 3 to one battle, his uh, beginnings as a referee, his love of wrestling, training refs now. Wow. Uh his trainee, that little gal named uh, Girl Heb, oh. referee Aubrey Edwards. We talk a little AEW, and we talk a little more. That's great. And then after that, oh, we're not getting off the zebra ride yet. Mm-mm. We jump on with a really, really great guy, an inspirational story. Referee Buddy Ruth, he, man, he calls in, and we chat his love for wrestling. We talk a little Alice in Chains, by the way. Nice. His inspirational story, he lost... 175 pounds. Oh my gosh. And that cued him up. Tell us how? (laughs) You'll see. You'll hear it all. Probably not drinking the wine you and I are drinking right now. No, I'm sure he didn't. Yeah. But um, no, it's a great story. He's going to tell us about his diet, his exercise, all that kind of stuff, and uh, how that keyed it to kind of go into professional wrestling. Well, good for him. So anyway, listen to this show, all the shows, the archives, BigfootProWrestling.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and also 
on SoundCloud at the Pro Wrestling Only channel. You got to go over there, go to SoundCloud on your app or the computer, look for Pro Wrestling Only, subscribe to it. You'll see all the Bigfoot Pro Wrestling uh, podcasts there and a bunch of other stuff. There's a guy that reviews Daniel Maccabe's matches and awesome. just have a great time with that. And then, uh, like I said, next week, Danica De La Rouge. The week after that, Izzy McQueen. Baby. That's awesome. Oh, for our local peeps, if you are around the Sound area next Saturday, June 8th, Enumclaw, Washington, the Claw as it's called, is having a wine walk and yours truly will be there signing books. And you may even see the L train. He may be there, you know, holding my purse. Who knows? So if you're around, I'll be there 5 p.m. to 8. Come on out. I'd love to see you. And uh, just today dropped a new... Oh, yeah. Philip M. Jones and I have our uh, latest podcast out. So uh, check me out on Twitter. You'll see the link. And I'm the L-Train, at Rat League Extreme on Twitter. And, uh, uh-oh, let's fire it up. And let's go. Woo-woo. Leave the station. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Hey, it's the L Train. We're back, and uh, I got another zebra on here, and uh, it's referee Chris Samuels, man. Chris, how you doing this morning? I'm fantastic. How are you doing today, Lyle? I'm doing great. Actually, I said this morning. It's already afternoon. <laughs> oh, it, it is. Well, we were scheduled for morning. That's right. So I, I think we're both in that in that headspace. That's cool, though. The old L train was uh, moving a little slow this morning, so we had to move it back an hour after uh, the fun I had last night going uh, over to Bremerton, and I got the uh, privilege and honor to uh, sit one-on-one with Shaft and do a little kind of a live podcast in front of a audience, and that was a blast. And I was telling you, man, I had a hard time going to sleep after that, man. Uh, you kind of said, you know, that's kind of what it feels like after your performances uh, or wrestling matches and stuff like that sometimes. Yeah, any time you get in front of a crowd, just that adrenaline is just going to – it's going to carry you for a few more hours uh, beyond beyond the show. Typically over at like 3, 2, 1, we end our shows around midnight, but I can't get to sleep till 4 or 5 on <laughs> – 4 or 5 a.m. on uh, show days. So I, I, I feel you. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I didn't even turn the TV on. My wife and the dog went to bed, and I was just sitting there on my phone just looking at all the different social medias and tweeting and looking at mm-hmm. Facebook and just kind of trying to suck it all in, plus get all the – the Ring of Honor kind of stuff too, man. Did you happen to head to the Ring of Honor show last night? Uh, no, I did not. Uh, I ended up having. Well, my my wife made some other plans, so you know, I set aside my day so that I could uh, accommodate and watch the baby. Oh, there you go. We'll okay. hang out with the baby. You got a little baby? Uh, I do. Yep, I'm actually <laughs> a stay at home dad. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, as my full time gig. Son, daughter. Daughter, daughter. Ah. She's uh, almost a year old. She'll be a year and few weeks there we go daddy's yeah. girl probably already got daddy's you wrapped girl. don't you <laughs> i'm working on that three count you know <laughs> there you go man hey man what was the deal man you just finally got on twitter uh yeah yeah i've been i've you know always uh kind of tried to keep social media at arm's length typically even if you're friends with me on facebook i i very rarely post and you know whenever i do it's usually just about events i try to keep everybody 
uh, aware of what events I'm I'm working, and that's pretty much it. But uh, somewhat recently, uh, somebody was talking to me about Instagram and how I should get into that. So I tried. I started up an Instagram account, and that's been somewhat successful experiment so far, and in a reasonable outlet for me. And so I was like, all right, well, everybody's posting the pictures over on Instagram. I guess the conversation's happening on Twitter, so I'll go hop in there, too. I've, I've been lurking for a long time, though. I have probably like a, it's probably like an eight-year-old account that, <laughs> that I've had, but I just rarely use. <laughs> well, the first time I talked to uh, Aubrey, or Girl Hebner, if you will, she didn't have Twitter either. I was like, man, you can get on Twitter, you know? And look at her yeah. now, man. Look at her now. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, that, that's that's part of the motivation, just, you know, increasing your reach, uh, especially like I'm involved in so many wrestling shows and anything that I could do to, to help, you know, get the word out is just, you know, it's additional to the work that I already do for that company, which is great. Well, speaking of 3 one battle. good on me. Nice. Let's get into that, man. They just had a big show Friday night, the Spandex Inquisition, if you will. Uh, man, uh, it looked like a just yeah. legit card, man. Things just keep getting better and better for you guys all the time, man. I think just the thing is just evolving. But uh, what were some of the highlights of that night, and uh, which uh, matches did you get to work? I didn't get to watch it, but I'm probably going to turn on a little later here on Twitch. Uh, yeah, I worked uh, two matches uh, during the night. I worked the opener, which was Rook Kelly, Ricky Gibson, and Eddie Pearl versus uh, three of B-Boys uh, Level Up students in 8-bit lit and that was just absolutely insane match really really fun match that was that match was probably the highlight of the night for me uh getting to work with uh new people especially any of uh b-boys students because b-boys just been great to us uh the other match that i worked was the solid steel number one contenders match where uh tommy lawless actually became the number one contender and sounds like he's going to be facing uh dave turner in the next few weeks and uh or in the next show or two and uh dave turner and b-boy like i've never seen uh i haven't seen too much of b-boy's work outside of like three two one like a few other matches recently but i've never seen him work a guy that's like significantly bigger than him so that was really fun to watch him put put that together because the man's just a genius when it comes to in-ring psychology so he gave the big fella all he wanted, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. It, B-Boy came so close to to winning the Solid Steel title. So, yeah, it was just a fantastic match. We we uh, did end up going a little bit long. Uh, we I think we went till like almost twelve thirty, which is uh, not preferred, but is what it is. <laughs> we had the crowd. And it was fantastic. Well, yeah. Look at top to bottom here, man. What is this other match? Uh, yeah, it's Uncle Muscles, Lawless, Makabe. Jacob Somas, man. I mean, there's so many yeah. great car or matches on this pit. Well, tell us about the pitfall Eddie Van Glam match, man. I heard that was insane. Oh Jesus! Uh, yeah, there was there was a real whip that was involved in that. Uh-huh. Uh, pitfall Jones got hit with a real whip a few times. The um, the match ended when uh, Eddie Van Glam brought a ladder into the ring and he was going to do something with it, and Rook Kelly came and interrupted things distracting uh eddie van glam allowing pitfall to push the ladder over into this thing that was constructed on the outside of the ring consisting of six chairs and it was it was brutal oh man 
So, um, was there any uh, announcements for the uh, next three to one battle show in two weeks? Uh, I'm not sure if we've actually announced anything for the the next show in two weeks. Uh, we're most of the stuff that we're announcing right now uh, is trying to get people psyched up for Wet Hot Seattle Summer coming up in July because we're going to sell out the show box again. Again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the plan. Oh man, so man, I had that written down here. Wet hot Seattle summer. It's going to be July twelfth. Three two one battle at the Showbox. You know, it was just what two months ago, just over two months ago. Battle yeah, Mania in the show. That was my I'm first live ago. three Jeez. two one battle <laughs> show that I've been to, and man, I was just in heaven. I was just. It was amazing. Great, great night, man. I was just kind of standing over in the wall where kind of you guys were coming in and out over that way. You're going to just kind of, I had a blast, man. That's such a fun night. So I can't wait till that next show. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm jealous of you that you got to experience that as your first three to one battle <laughs> show. Cause that sounds amazing to me. I would love to experience my first three to one battle show again. <laughs> oh, and, and at the show box, it was amazing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Insane. <laughs> the crowd was off the hook of there, you know, just every match was just top notch. I thought, I mean, just the start, you know, it was Steve West defending against Dave. And the match lasted what I don't know thirty seconds or a minute, whatever it would have been. I can't remember now, but and the like crowd was just blowing seconds. up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was great. <laughs> and so now the wet hot Seattle summer man, like you guys already got Macabe versus Thrash, Thatcher, excuse me, Sue Young mm. and Steve West, Pitfall versus David Starr plus B Boy Colt Cabana and Brian Pillman Jr. Man, tell us about this. Uh it's gonna be awesome if you went to battle mania you already kind of know what to expect we're gonna turn it up at the at the show box uh you have you ever been to a show at the battle palace i have not well i've been not to a three to one battle show no okay uh did you attend like a lucha show i went to a lucha volcanica show yes awesome i love lucha volcanica i try to catch them as much as possible Unfortunately, they tend to run when i'm like out of town on saturdays (laughs) doing some other kind of wrestling show probably right uh, yeah, typically like ECCW's <laughs> running, you know, like they'll, they'll be running and I'll, I'll end up up there. Or I'll be down in Portland or something along those lines. But yeah, I, last one uh, I went to was last month. I got to see, uh, oh, what was it? Sonico versus Ave Rex was the main uh-huh. event and whoo. Ave was back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sonico is just amazing too. Holding that title. He's a, uh, he's a great example for that company dude he's wrestling everywhere like it seems like four days a week it seems like him you see on uh, his calendar or something three to four i should say yeah yeah uh you know the the goal typically is to is to try to do this as as much as possible and he's nailing it and he's finally getting some opportunities out of town and everything uh unfortunately we haven't had him at the last couple three two one shows because he's been like down in la <laughs> down in new orleans so he's traveling like that that's unfortunate for us, but it's fan- it's always great to see him or to see one of our our people doing great and getting out there, getting their name out there. Well, he's getting closer to that uh, maybe that next level. Uh, getting close, getting very close. <laughs> <laughs> so some of those stars you guys are bringing in, uh, Colt Cabana and Brian Pillman Jr. It seems like more and more three two one, you know, is getting a lot of more, not a lot of more, uh, some bigger names coming in from outside, man. Uh, yeah, it, it, fortunately for us, it seems that everybody who comes in uh, has a really good time and then spreads the word 
So when we reach out to these other people, uh, when then every, everybody wants to join up, check it out, see what's going on, because everybody's so used to the Northwest being dead, and fortunately now we have uh, a few good companies up in this region that are able to do big shows with big names, and yeah, it's it's a really great time to be a part of it all. It is, it is, man, and there's so many, you know, from Oregon to here in Seattle, up in Everett now, um, and mm-hmm. then, you know, up in Canada, ECC Dub, and was the All-Star, and some of the other ones up there. But, uh, man, it's a great time to be in the business for you guys and uh, all the talent. So what's your uh, take, man? It's been an amazing how far 3-2-1 Battle has grown since the early days from what I've seen. Um, you know, started in, a, was it the rebar on a stage? And now you guys are selling out the show box, not just once, not just twice, probably going to be a third time. And, oh, yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on time. that stuff, okay. man? <laughs> well, the third time that that's happening at this point, <laughs> I'm not. I, yeah, that's that's just going to happen. But uh, I've been I've been with three two one as a referee for four years now. Um, my my first show that I attended of three two one was actually the very first show that took place in the Battle Palace. And uh, I'm not sure if you've heard of the movie Body Slam: Revenge of the Banana. Yep, seen it. So that was yeah. The <laughs> so at the at the end of that movie during the credits, there's a bunch of B-roll like slow mo footage of guys doing their entrances and interacting with the crowd and all that. All that B-roll was filmed at the Battle Palace uh, on the very first night that we were there. And so they did a stage show that night, <laughs> just like they had at the rebar previously. And then at the end of the night, after they got all their B-roll, after they did a show, I think it was like a six-match show or something like that, on the stage there at, like, out by where what is now the bar. Gotcha. What we use is the bar at the Battle Palace now. Uh, so at, at the end of that show, they opened up the doors to reveal the rings, like, oh, we're... We're uh, doing the rest of our shows in the ring. We have a ring now. This is this is the future. We're moving forward. And I was like, oh shit! I need to, I need to connect with these people. <laughs> <laughs> That's dope, man. All of a sudden, you, they open those doors and there's a ring, and everyone's like, yeah. freaking out. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was it was fantastic. And then uh, within, uh, I want to say it was June, uh, like four years ago. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be put in the ring as a referee and, you know, kind of move on from there. Well, damn. Well, let's jump back a ways before we get to move on from there. Um, mm-hmm. So did you grow up here in the Northwest, Seattle? I did. Born and raised uh, east side, Kenmore, Kirkland, Redmond area. Right, right, right. Are you in that same kind of area right now, or you live straight in Seattle now? Or? No, I live uh, prime Capitol Hill ah, at this point. Capitol like, Hill. Two blocks away from everything. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's fantastic. You can walk or just jump on an <laughs> Uber or the bus or whatever they got around there. I lived in Capitol Hill when I was like 22, 23. Yeah, I don't drive much. It's great. Oh, yeah. You don't have to drive anywhere down there, man. You can just yeah, walk downtown, there, jump on, so. you know, worst doors, you get an Uber. Yeah, ex- exactly. I We have a car. We just recently got a car. But the only time I ever drive is when I'm getting the hell out of town. I don't do anything uh, around the city. <laughs> nice, nice. So when you were growing up, uh, were you into kind of any sports or what were your hobbies? Uh, well, that's interesting. I I played a little bit of soccer. I was never any good. I was a goalie, and uh, but beyond that, I was a choir boy when I was a kid. A singer. So yeah, yeah. I did a, a bunch of performances with uh, the Columbia Boys Choir and Columbia Choirs. 
uh, when I was a kid. They're still a thing. They're uh, one of the bigger choirs in the country. Uh, when I was a kid, we actually went over to England and Wales to compete in a bunch of competitions and all that. It was a cool experience. But yeah, that was, that's you know the main thing that I would say that I did as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Were you into like uh, video games and shit like that then? Uh, yeah, always been a Nintendo guy. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> oh, I forgot to say. Uh, so, do you still sing at all today? Uh, I, you know, I'll play the vocal chords every once in a while, like <laughs> karaoke wise or or whatever. And uh, if I ever had the chance to do it in the ring, I would absolutely do that. Who knows? It's three, two, one. We'll uh, we'll do something. Right. Maybe they can have you <laughs> sing the national anthem at uh, the next showbox show or something. Uh, I have sang the national anthem a couple times at, uh, well, at the Kingdom. Oh, really? <laughs> Long time ago, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was back when it was in the choir still? Yep, yep. <laughs> oh, that must have been, so was that uh, Seahawks Games, Mariner Games? Mariner Games, yeah. Oh, so there was like a couple thousand people in there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't even, I don't even know what the Sorry. Kingdom drew. I was trying to make like, it fun, because back then in the Mariners, before 95, they never drew more than not very much, dude. <laughs> yeah I, w- I was never a fan so I, I don't know it was a cool experience to be in front of that many people though oh i bet man in, uh, in, a, in a building that big <laughs> <laughs> so when did you first uh discover wrestling as a child uh i honestly can't answer that question like my first memories are of watching wrestling uh with my dad and my family and you know kind of Every everything just revolved around that. Like I remember watching really, really early Royal Rumbles. Like those are probably some of my first memories, and that would have put me at like five years old or so. Oh wow, <laughs> some good stuff though. So what was it? You, you, you said your mom or your dad was into it, so that's cool. You already had family you just turn it on, so it was going to be on the TV anyway. And then, um, so what was it about it that when you watched it just grabbed you? Uh, the the just the spectacle of it and you know like the uh how these huge men huge hulking men were you know beating each other up and obviously at at first i thought it was real but i caught on pretty quick (laughs) and caught on to the the i don't know i probably wouldn't describe it as that as this then but the art of it basically and i don't know something something just grabs you and you know something to look up to Oh, it took me a long time to figure that out. I started watching. I was like probably five or so. I just turned on TBS one day, and it was old Georgia Championship Wrestling, and I think Tommy Rich was just getting ready to come back or something. And I don't know. He ch- came in, chased off the Freebirds, and I thought it was like the the coolest thing ever. And then every Saturday, <laughs> I had to see, and then I found out there was also Portland Wrestling on you know Channel Eight or Twelve or whatever it was back then. And so, man, I just got into it quickly. But uh, yeah, it took me a while to kind of figure it out. I remember Rip Oliver beat. Billy Jack in a loser leaves Seattle match in a cage, and I remember I was just distraught. I thought, you know, oh God, he's gone. We'll never see Billy again. You know, I didn't realize he'd be in the WA in you know a couple months or whatever it was. <laughs> what a uh, what time frame are you talking here? Oh me, uh, I'm back. Uh, early '80s. Early '80s, sir. Okay, okay. Yeah, I never, <laughs> I I never paid attention to any local stuff until you know until I found three, two, one, and 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 this scene. Well, you're probably uh, just uh, the Portland wrestling's probably just a little older than you were, so it was gone by about ninety one, ninety two, somewhere in there. Yeah, I remember starting to look for stuff when I was a teenager, and you know, and when uh, the Attitude Era was was starting to get hot, and suddenly I was somewhat, I was a little popular because I had 
everybody was paying attention to it, but I had always been paying attention to it. So like I could spout out history for WWF. (laughs) (laughs) But then I I remember starting to look for local stuff and I could, I never really found anything around that time. There wasn't much. I mean, I don't think there was anything. I was like you, I couldn't find anything around here. It was mostly just, you know, the WCW and WWE and, you know, some ECW and stuff. Yeah, yeah, there just wasn't really, it didn't seem like there was a a good local product. I mean, even as far back as, you know, 10 years ago, because I was in the military for a while, and then I came back back to town, and as soon as I got back to town, I was like, all right, well, where's, is there any wrestling? And it still took me, you know, years to find anything. Mm -hmm. It was bad times back then, but now, man, you just throw a rock and hit, hit a promotion now. Uh, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so, hey, back then, did you have any buddies that were uh, into wrestling too that you guys would get out there wrestle around with anything like that? Uh, yeah, we would. I I wouldn't even call it being yarders, but <laughs> 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 but like this is you know you know thirteen fourteen year old me in the prime of the Attitude Era. Like uh, I remember, like fifteen sixteen year old me, I had a couple friends, and we would uh, get together every Thursday for SmackDown, and we would p- play. No Mercy uh, in the lead. We would play No Mercy on the N64 in the lead up. Smackdown. Watch Smackdown. Hopefully we would convince one of our friends to get us like a couple 40s and, and little <laughs> little kids. Yeah. That's how it goes. Though. Video games, <laughs> Attitude Era, and 40 ounces. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty uh, much. That sounds like a great upbringing. That's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was nice to have at least a couple friends who sounds were really very, into it. Sounds very <laughs> familiar, actually. I didn't have any friends that were really into wrestling that much. Not I did at school, but not friends I hung out with, you know, at home and stuff like that. But that was yeah, right. I, tur- I turned a few of my friends during the Attitude Era. Fortunately, at that time, it was really easy to turn people because <laughs> you just had to per- put on Raw or SmackDown and show them Stone Cold. Oh, yeah. And it was like, oh, shit, I need to see what this guy's going to do next. <laughs> Stone Cold, Rock, or, you know. The Sable era and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Like, oh, something oh, okay. will get you. Now I understand why you're watching this, huh? <laughs> and then you're like, yeah, this is totally why I started watching this. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, you just mentioned Stone Cold. Who were your uh, kind of favorites, the ones that really you just couldn't wait for them to come through that curtain and their music to hit each week? Uh, I was a huge fan of Stone Cold and The, and the Rock, obviously. Uh, the. Uh, uh, wrestling wise, I would have to go with, well, my favorite ever was Chris Benoit, like mm. from back in his WCW days and, you know, pretty much in, until it ended. Uh, but beyond that, you uh, like Kurt Angle, uh, Eddie Guerrero, those would be my favorites. Oh, those are some uh, phenomenal workers right there. Angle and Guerrero, man, I don't know if anyone worked harder in the ring than those guys. And then they had that hilarious side to them too, you know? Yeah, yeah, and that's what I really liked is that that they could totally go in the ring, and but they could step aside and actually do like really cool skits, be funny guys. Like I'm, I'm all about the silly when it comes to wrestling. I'm, I like the silly. I like the story. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the stuff that Eddie Guerrero was doing with China and the Latino Heat, and you know, mm-hmm. coming in and the and the low riders and stuff, and that's that stuff he did with um, JBL. Just phenomenal, man. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Absolutely <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> oh, an angle. A couple of my favorite ever, things ever weren't even in the ring with him, man. The w- stuff he did backstage with Stone Cold and the yeah, guitar and the, the little, little hats. Yeah, with the little cowboy hat. <laughs> oh, yeah, that my was gold. God. 
<laughs> I still turn that. Oh, I don't have the network anymore. But when I did, I'd still turn that on just, you know, maybe once every month or so just to make me laugh my ass off. Because yeah, I don't know yeah. how those guys kept straight faces. You could tell McMahon would almost lose it sometimes. He would just sit there silent, like gritting his teeth. But the way Stone Cold and Angle interacted, and they had Deborah sitting there, and she didn't even break, you know, kayfabe or nothing. It was just great. Yeah, no, fantastic. It was it was such a cool time to to be a wrestling fan, especially yeah, just right in the middle of that Attitude Era and towards the end of it. Fantastic. So, so did you start to go to some uh, live events when uh, Raw and that stuff came to town? Uh, no, I went to. As a kid, I only went to one event. I went to the it was Spring Stampede ninety nine, I want to say, or ninety eight. Mm-hmm. The one that was at the Tacoma Dome. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I, I remember was, that. Uh, I, I don't remember which show or what I was there. But. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, that was really the only show that I ever went to as a kid. Uh, not until you know the last. Not until I got back up here did I start regularly attending the wwe shows when they go in town or yeah and going to other indie shows so um excuse me do you have a couple favorite matches that you kind of still put on today that you just love to see uh i find myself feeling horrible about constantly going back and watching chris jericho versus chris benoit in a ladder match (laughs) Oh, that's it's, classic. It's a major guilty pleasure of mine. I don't it's such a good, good, good match and and uh and also like I said, Chris Benoit was my favorite growing up. The uh uh WrestleMania match between him and Kurt Angle, it was really early in the card. Uh that one was fantastic. Their their main event from the Royal Rumble of the same year was just absolutely fantastic. I go back to go uh those types of matches quite a bit. Oh, that's a man benoit you know he could work that guy he could work with any of those matches he'd have with like i said jericho or guerrero or malenko or you know any yeah. of those guys would just they'd put on five-star matches and they'd kill the rest of the card yeah there and you know to be honest things attitude era and a little after the attitude era a lot of the in-ring product wasn't wasn't fantastic and that's why you know i latched on to the the stories and and the skits and i really started enjoying that stuff but uh, there were a few guys that could really draw me back into the match. Mm-hmm. So let's move just a little bit ahead then. So you're a big lover of wrestling, and uh, you're looking for some local stuff. How did you get into the wrestling business itself? How did you start refereeing? Did you want to be a res- wrestler yourself? or? Uh, well, I had little interest in becoming a wrestler myself so i basically when i when i found out about 321 and and how they were going to start doing ring shows and start uh start doing training and regularly and all that i wanted to get involved um i went to several uh beginners of the beginners classes that they were doing back then uh, basically just learning bumps and rolls to, to keep myself safe. And then, uh, they shortly thereafter, they started putting me in the ring as referee. And I, and that's really what I wanted to, uh, do once I found it. Uh, so just kind of went on from there. I joined up with Jimmy Jameson, uh, as, and Ron Cena, uh, to form the, you know, first, pretty much solid ref team for three two one. Nice, nice, nice. And uh 
so you said you had to take those bumps and stuff. Do 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 most refs get trained at the start like that? You first you got to learn how to take some of these bumps because um, Buddy Ruth was telling me we trained with the Grapplers Academy for the first so many stuff. He had to train just like the wrestlers did. Was that like that in your case? Uh, no, not quite that intense. Uh, I would basically it was it was. I would do the very basic things and that wasn't even, that was all by my choice. They, they threw me in the ring. This was with a, a past regime with uh three, two, one and uh, <laughs> in the transition from into the ring. Uh, so they ended up putting me in there and there was no, at the time there was no formal ref training or really anybody to show me how to do anything. Luckily I had Jimmy Jameson there who uh, started right around the same time that I did. He started maybe a month or two before I did. But we struck up a friendship and were able to bounce things off of each other and both make each other better uh, during that time, fortunately. Because <laughs> there was really just, there were no, at the moment, there were no really good refs in the region mm-hmm. that I could learn from. So you guys basically just helped each other, taught each other. Did you guys kind of just watch how refs did things, like when you'd watch matches on TV and or go to other shows and just kind of watch with the, Oh, you didn't say there was too many other guys or people out there refereeing, but did you watch TV matches and things? Yeah, yeah. It was mostly we would uh, study a lot of tape and make sure that we try to watch the ref. And, you know, whenever we were at a, another independent show, we would always... You know, you always keep an eye on the ref. Once you become a ref, you watch wrestling way different because you're no longer just watching two people in the ring. You're watching three people in the ring. It's a completely different way of... It's a completely different experience. I'll say that. (laughs) And when you first started uh, refereeing, did did you piss off any one of the wrestlers, like being in the wrong place, you know, not doing whatever you're supposed to be doing? I don't know the ins and outs of refereeing. But anyone ever just like, what the hell, man, you're in my way, or, you know, something like that? Uh, yeah, towards the beginning, there were a couple guys that, you know, like I, I was green as hell. I had no idea what I was, you know, where I was supposed to be standing at the time or, you know, how to be able to anticipate the, uh, anticipate sequences or whatever. Cause it was the first time I had been in my ring or in the ring. So it was, you know, yeah, you're going to, you're going to make mistakes and that's just kind of the way it goes. Fortunately, uh, nowadays, Anybody who comes through three, two, one to ref, we have specific referee training, and so hopefully we can get out all those kinks. Like the first time that you see somebody in a three, two, one ring as a referee, that is certainly not the first time they are refereeing anymore. That's just not the case anymore. We've raised the bar just tons, and that's pretty much all around at three, two, one. Well, it looks like you. Uh, what is it? Three, four of you. Probably four of you. The main four of you, man. You, you guys seem. Uh... Guys and gals seem very uh, close. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're we're all good friends. We train. I've uh, been working with Jimmy obviously for over four years now. He's fantastic. Uh, uh, Girl Hebner, I trained her when she first like me and uh, Jimmy recruited her and trained her and got her, you know ready to start at three, two, one. Then she, you know, we, we just handed her the rocket and she lit it. <laughs> so, 
And we also have uh, Kendall Marie currently. Uh, we In the past, we've had Wario Lopez. We had Jer Bear the Killer. <laughs> Ron Cena was with us when we when we first started. Uh, we, he, he died. Uh, we, I've had, I want to say, two others. Oh, uh, Ariel. She was one of our old refs. And yeah. <laughs> Which one was the guy they'd bring out in the chains and the... The stuff, and they'd have to take all off them, and uh, that was that was Jer Bear the Killer. Jer Bear the a, Killer. That's okay. an interesting story. <laughs> that's uh, he. Well, he got uh, arrested for murdering our previous ref, Ron Cena, <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, he got arrested, and then fortunately we were able to get him on work release uh, with some rental cops and. <laughs> Use and continue to use him since we already trained him before he murdered somebody. You know, we yeah. wanted to continue using him. You know, you might try to you know re- rehabilitate him. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, who? <laughs> on, uh, we'll never know because well, I mean, he murdered a few more people and then he got killed by the cops. So now he's just a ghost. Well, oh, well, that I don't know. This probably a year ago or something. I think right after you guys started on Twitch or something, man. I was you guys. You know, the cops brought him out and he got away and like went running out and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he ended up before before he died. I believe he killed four people, and he's killed one person since he died. I want to say it might be two. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> keeping a killer around. Uh, so that first match you jumped in there, your your first refereeing match. Like, all right, get in there. Were you nervous as hell? Oh yeah. I was I was completely unprepared. I had maybe fifteen minutes of warning <laughs> before going in there. Uh, so did, did they hand you the shirt? Like, here, you're gonna need this. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was pretty much it. I was literally wearing like uh, these like khaki cargo shorts. <laughs> like, I went out the next day and bought like full ref gear. I was like, all right, uh, that was fun. I had a good time, but now I need I need to go legit and get all all the gear <laughs> that's uh black pants black shoes black belt that's right gotcha see <laughs> and not jeans do not wear jeans any referees out there listening to this do not show up at the show with jeans on because it does not look good slacks yeah jeans wouldn't couldn't that just like you jump into position all of a sudden your little jeans rip out because you're in a weird position and you know yeah yeah <laughs> the other thing is jeans fade so they're, the black on the jeans aren't going to match the black on your shirt oh, or the black on your shoes or the black on your socks or the black on your belt. <laughs> well, you probably got to be careful after you wash, wash your black slacks so many times. They probably start to fade, too. Then you probably got to make sure you get rid of those, huh? Yep, absolutely, especially <laughs> uh, in the knees. You ever had a, a blowout in your pants? I mean, not a blowout in your pants, but your pants rip while you're doing a match or anything? Uh, yeah, I've blown out my knees a few times. Uh, it's actually funny. I, the last two, uh, project 42 shows that I worked, I, I wrecked pants cause the, the, uh, canvas that they were using is like this plasticky thing like type material where you can't slide very well. Oh. And yeah, so blew out my pants twice. The last two, uh, project 42 shows. That almost sounds like the DOA ring. Uh, yes, yes, very much like the DOA ring. I've, I've worked in that ring several times. There, uh, there are things that you have to do as a ref to try to, uh, to try to protect yourself in those, uh, types of rings because it's so sticky. You can't, you can't really do any slides. 
So if you're doing anything that looks even close to a slide, you're probably going to be balancing on your feet and, mm. and you know, wrecking your shoes rather than your pants because your pants will just rip. Yeah, yeah you probably going to have to be careful with your ankles too, like if you're kind of sliding around on that and twist your ankle up a little bit. Absolutely, absolutely. It's, uh, it's always also really fun when we, uh, at 321, when we do the, our costumes as refs, uh, and like, that's a, it, you know, it creates a different working style because all of a sudden you're not wearing knee pads and your knees are bare and it's like, all right, I can't really slide on this cause I'm going to get nasty rug burn. <laughs> See, this is all the little things people don't know that, you know, these people outside of wrestling just kind of, you know, they're just standing there waiting to raise the guy's hands. No, you guys do. So much. You're so athletic, and, you know, you guys, it seems like you train, you know, as hard as some of these wrestlers do, too, man, just to get your um, get your job to down to a science. Uh, yeah, like I said, at this point, we've got, uh, like, our, our referees are training as often as the wrestlers to try to get into this. Uh, they're training it uh, every week and getting their matches in before they even start uh, ref- refing on the show. Nice, nice, nice. So you had your first uh, referee match. You, you were wearing khaki shorts, cargo shorts. You went out, you got oh. your stuff, <laughs> and then uh, kind of just take us on a little journey from there. How, when did you, you know, you're probably doing three to one battle every, were they still doing every two weeks back then or less? Or uh, They were doing less back then. It was actually, uh, everything was kind of spot showy. Uh, we would usually announce our shows with less than a week's warning and there was no like regular schedule to it they were trying to get their shows in at least once a month but yeah uh but i would be there whenever whenever they were running and i started working uh companies outside of 321 about a about nine months to a year after i started refing and started working with uh scw over in bremerton and went down to doa when project 42 started i started working with them uh and yeah i just you know kind of started spreading my wings and, at and, that point and how's that work you know you're coming from three to one battle you guys basically trained yourself i mean is there someone like another wrestler the head of the promotion calling up hey man this guy's doing a really good job you might want to give him a look or is it like are you calling the promotion hey i'm chris you know, I'm from three, two, one battle. I'm looking to get, you know, a gig or, you know, how's that work? Uh, typically I would, it, it, it kind of depends on the company. Uh, like when I first started working for project 42, uh, you know, I was working shows, uh, on the side with like, say people like Dave Turner, every once in a while I'd run into Ethan HD, who, uh, who's one of the, one of the people that you had to get in contact for that. Uh, so, you know, you have to, you, it's networking and somebody has to vouch for you. Hopefully you get a shot. And then from that, uh, from that show, you can hopefully meet somebody else that's involved with the next show. Like project 42 is the reason that I was able to get in with DOA. DOA was the reason that I was able to get in with ECCW and, you know, the people that I met there and so on and so forth. So yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's a weird networking vouching system <laughs> nice 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 just kind of trickles on through yeah uh again fortunately uh my students nowadays don't have to go through that because they we have a fantastic reputation our our refs do and we can print we can get work most places that we want to work 
Nice, nice, nice. Well, I think I saw a gentleman on uh, the ROH last night that's from around here, Benjamin Longleg, or <laughs> I can't remember really call him now, but oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's had a few. He's had a few different names, but yeah, yeah uh, he works primarily for Defy uh, up here. I wasn't the one that trained him. He uh, trained down at Dub C Dub C. But yeah, I'm, I was I was happy to see that he was getting the opportunity at ROH. I, I think he still got booed too. <laughs> uh, I I believe it because there was. I'm, a... sure mo- I'm sure most of the people, or a lot of the people that showed up at ROH, were also people that show up at Defy, and like, yeah, that oh, carries yeah. over. <laughs> there was Defy shirts. There was a couple three two one shirts I saw in some pictures. So man, there was yeah. big representation. Repre- man, I'm struggling today with words, man. <laughs> it happens. Right. Beer. We'll, we'll yeah, we'll be fine. Yep, exactly, exactly. I just got to get to noon, you know, or just a little bit here, start barbecuing and crack open a cold one. But, we started know. this at noon. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, I'm all off today, man. See, lost all my adrenaline and brain last night staying up. Anyway, man, so uh, how many matches now? Do you keep track of that kind of stuff? Have you uh, I, uh, excuse me. <coughs> I, uh was really bad about keeping track of that early on. I had a, a, a physical little notebook that I was keeping track of everything. And then I lost that. And then I got another one and had that for about six months to a year. And then I ended up losing that. So now I do everything digital. So honestly, no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Any ballpark? Um, I, I would say I'm probably in the three to four hundred match range nice 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 i, I would guess um probably a little less than a hundred matches a year <laughs> so speaking of your uh students we happen to see one on uh aew uh, was that last week or two weeks ago now yeah um, yeah man referee aubrey edwards just amazing to see here on a, a 49.99 pay-per-view uh, working, you know, pretty big time, man. What are your thoughts? How does it make you feel? One of your students, one of your colleagues now is on AEW at the national level. Uh, super proud. Uh, I, I figured that she would be there, especially, uh, after, you know, she was contacted last year for the May Young, uh, for the May Young tournament. Uh, when AEW started up, I, figured that she would at least be in the conversation because uh if especially if you want if you want a female ref you can't get any better there's there's nobody better in the country or possibly even the world at the moment (laughs) than aubrey edwards so yeah she's super super proud she did a great job at may young she was a part of the evolution pay-per-view and so now she's doing this and she's traveling all over man she's just living her dream and it's so happy uh so great to see her she looks so happy when you see her pictures uh on twitter and facebook oh yeah she's she's uh living the high life at the moment fortunately she uh still graces us with her presence at uh here around here in seattle but who knows how long that's gonna last uh everything's kind of up in there at the moment (laughs) yeah we'll see but you know all the better to her because uh, hopefully we'll be seeing her on uh, one night a week on a TNT channel or something to that effect. That that's the hope. <laughs> <laughs> and then she got to put. I, in I mean, the... there's no better way to lose somebody to you know lose a lose a team member. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be one hell of a last night at three to one battle if everyone knew that. Oh my god. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys might not be able to shut the doors that night. <laughs> yeah, we'll 
we'll see how it goes. We'll yeah, see how yeah, it goes. Yeah, Everything's yeah. up in the air at the moment. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, so, nobody knows. So speaking <laughs> of uh, AEW, what'd you think of that show, man? I thought from top to bottom, it was done really good. Uh, the production, everything, uh, the 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 matches. I even like the battle royal thing at the end, or the uh, the buy-in, or whatever they called it. I thought it was really cool. Uh, I I really like the uh, the whole first hour of the buy-in. I I really enjoy uh, rumble type matches. I think that there's a lot of potential to show story, begin story, end story, show character, get you know introduce people for those. So I I really like those types of things, and uh, I was you know unaware of you know maybe a third of the talent that was in there so that was pretty cool that i got to see some people for the first time um and then uh the rest of the buy-in was the first singles match in aew history with aubrey edwards refereeing Mm -hmm. so i uh, yeah that would just you know put me on cloud nine right from the beginning because i wasn't wasn't fully expecting her to get a singles match, to be honest, but I was wow. very happy, and yeah. Yeah, she was out there during the, um, the buy-in, too, the, 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 the Battle Royal thing, The too. Battle Royal, yeah, yeah. Just like your so guys' Battle Royal, everyone's outside. Two, the first two matches of AEW. Man, she's from here, female, first two matches on a major card, their debut show. I mean, they had to show a lot of trust in her. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, why not? Because uh, like she's shown herself to be more than trustworthy and you know more than competent and, at all levels, so yeah, it's it's great. She deserves every opportunity she's getting. Yeah, she is a badass. But anyway, oh, yeah. what uh, what's been your kind of craziest referee moment? Something in the ring, or you know, some the crowd kind of start getting in your face, or you know, something to that effect. You got any good stories? Uh, I got I got a few good stories. Um, let's see here. Like I've, uh, I was fortunate enough to be part of. I don't know if you've seen this video, but Bohemian Rhapsody, where uh, Bohemian Rhapsody started playing. It was a match between Ace Jack and Eddie Van Glam, and the song started playing, and the match started taking place to the pace of that match. And I got a little involved with that. I had a wig on, and there, yeah, that was that was pretty crazy. Um. most, most most of these things would be uh, obviously a three two one because things just get in, insane there. Uh, it's, it's weird you know. wrestling. Yeah, it's it's weird wrestling. Things things are gonna happen. Uh, I was I was fortunate enough. Uh, what was it at the end of two thousand seventeen to actually get a return entrance because I I was coming back from a knee injury and uh, I got an entrance and a good pop and <laughs> yeah that that was really cool. <laughs> nice, nice. Came out to to Triple H's entrance music which we uh we re-recorded as time to count th- time to count 3. <laughs> and <laughs> was it it was his game song, the game, that kind of thing. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I came out with a a blonde wig and and the <laughs> the the you know his 2002 return I want to say with the uh jean jacket with the leather jacket over it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> or was it reverse? I think uh, I, I, I can't remember. Leather with jean over the yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did that. So that was that was pretty cool. <laughs> ever had any, um, I'm sorry. Oh, go, go oh, ahead. I was going to say, you ever had any crazy fans try to get in your face? Uh, fortunately, we uh, fortunately our fans seem to like our refs at three, two, one. Good. Uh, and because 
of that, I don't tend to get booed. Like when I used to work at Defy, uh, I would never get booed there. Uh, they everybody seemed to be fine with with me and Jimmy, and that kind of extended until uh, in, until Tall Guy started working. Yeah, <laughs> everybody loved the rest. At Defy. He brought that upon himself <laughs> that night. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know what he did, but <laughs> oh, it was the swerve match against Austin Aries. Oh, is oh, is that what when there was like the dusty it? kind of finish, you know? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was on him. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, I wasn't there that night, so I was there that night. I didn't realize that that's when it started, though. I thought I thought that it started earlier than that. <laughs> it's so but fun. You may you may be right. <laughs> it blew the crap out of me, even though you know they really love him. It's all in fun, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, show at this point. <laughs> what were your favorite uh, spots there on that AEW card? Do I, you know, I was going to ask you about those last three matches, actually. The Omega match and Jericho, the tag team match, and then uh, the Rhodes match. Uh, the, the Rhodes match, uh, it was just bloody as all hell. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm not sure why Earl Hebner wasn't wearing gloves, but oh, yeah. he probably should have been. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the Young Bucks match, I haven't watched too, too much Young Bucks, uh, but it, it was pretty standard for what I have come to expect from them. I love the Lucha Bros and I love everything that they do. And yeah, when those teams clash and clash, it's just in insanity. It was just, yeah, just super fast paced, everything insanity. Uh, <laughs> fantastic match though. I was a little surprised to see that the, uh, the bucks won though. Yeah. I was surprised me too. I thought they would go the other way, but surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not, you know, what do you call it when some of the WD booking, it's like you already know what really they're going to do sometimes. And... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jericho Omega. Um, I actually watched in like three parts cause I kept getting <laughs> pulled away, <laughs> but it was a uh, fantastic match. I like, I liked uh, Jericho's entrance and, uh, and the end with uh, Moxley coming wow. out was fantastic. I kind of figured that Jericho would win. Uh, I know a lot of people, if, you know, spoken up about that. It's like, oh, why put this ex WWE guy over in the main event on your on your first show? But it was like, well, Omega got the first win, so mm-hmm. this isn't the first contest here. They're obviously going to do a best out of three eventually, so it made sense for Jericho to get the the win. Oh yeah, and then it can go two ways when he takes on Page. Either Page will take him, and the baby face goes over and has the belt, or. The WWE, former WWE guy's got the belt now, and now he's going to go face Omega for the third time, and then Omega, you know, does his thing or whatever. But, you know, I'm here booking on a mic, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, exactly. Who, who knows where they're going to go? Uh, obviously, the uh, I definitely think that Moxley Omega is the way to go for next match, oh, yeah. next huge match. Uh, what they have, they're going to do that all out, right? Yes, sir. That's going to be a yeah. big one. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely the way the way to go. They definitely didn't need to do like Moxley Jericho and you know have the return of Mitch the Potted Plant or anything yeah. like that. <laughs> I loved that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd be down. That that's right up my alley. Right, right. No, no, they can hold off <laughs> on that one for a while. They, they got... can they can hold off on the the return of Mitch. <laughs> yes, right. Put that I one. I don't even think they could use the name. They would have to change it. Yes, yeah, so keep that one in the gimmick box right now. Yeah, no, it'd have to be like Francis the Potted Plant. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. that's so crazy. Anyway, man, we better start wrapping this up. So uh, right. <laughs> what's coming up for uh, Chris Samuels on the horizon? 
Uh, well, I'm kind of taking the summer easy. I, I tend to do that and just take less bookings during the summer so that I can go hang out and spend more time out of town with family and stuff like that. Uh, but I'm always at 321. Uh, every every two weeks, our next show's uh, 614, June 14th. Uh, then we got June 28th. Then uh, July 13th, we have our big show at uh, the Showbox Wet Hot Seattle Summer. Um, that same weekend, then the next day, this is going to be a hell of a weekend. The next day, I'm actually headed up to ECCW for Ballroom Brawl 12 uh, at uh, in downtown Vancouver. And those Ballroom Brawl shows are just insane. They draw typically like eight to 900 people and... It's just stupid fun. This year, they've got Brian Pillman Jr. versus Kevin Sullivan. <laughs> I saw that, man. That'll be great. I'm really hoping that I get put in the middle of that. Like, that's uh, that would, you know, that's going to make young me fucking mark out. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been in the ring with Sullivan? I have not. Okay. <laughs> I have not. I And I hope to be in the ring uh, the night before with Brian Pillman Jr., but who knows how that'll go. <laughs> right, right. No, that's great. But yeah, and uh, Artemis Spencer versus TJ Perkins is already announced for that show as well, and Artemis Spencer is just, he's the man. Like, he's fantastic, and him and TJ, I'm sure, will tear it up. Uh, and then I've also got a, coming up, uh, what is it, June 29th, uh, Prestige debut in Portland. Prestige Wrestling is finally uh, hitting up Portland, and that's going to be awesome. I just did a show with them uh, over in Spokane, and it was great. It was just super fun show. They had TJP and Sue Young. Sue Young and Drexel just basically killed each other. Yeah, that and, show looked uh, hot. And yeah, Pre- Prestige, they, uh, they have been doing fantastic things over the last, what is it, two years now, and I know they're throwing pretty much everything they've got at the show in Portland. They've already got like Chavo Guerrero versus Super Crazy announced, and they've got Juventud Guerrero, TJ Perkins, and uh, a couple other names. But yeah, those are all going to be fantastic shows. But that's pretty much it for for the summer for me. Like I said, I'm I'm trying to uh, take a take a relaxed schedule to spend some time hanging out and do some river floats, spend some time uh, in a cabin. Nice, man. Yeah. Can't argue with that. Sounds like you're doing a little both. You're getting some rest, some fun, and then still getting some uh, some wrestling in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I tend I tend to be – I'll still be out of town at least like one weekend a month or maybe two, <laughs> depending on the month. All right, man. Well, any final thoughts before we uh, turn the old uh, recorder off today? Uh, just the uh, reminder, I do train referees. We train referees every Wednesday night at Evolve Fitness. Uh, you can hit up Evolve Fitness or send me a message uh, to get details about that. Um, we train typically for several months before you get in a ring, and then uh, we have a really great reputation uh, for getting everybody booked outside and pretty much any company they want to. So, yeah, just a little reminder. I do train refs and hit me up for details. Nice, nice, nice. And those tickets for Wet Hot Seattle Summer, is that at AXS.com? At AXS.com. It's uh, going to be July 12th. Showbox is going to be fantastic. All right, man. Well, you uh, go enjoy the rest of your day. Get some of that sunshine. Rub it on yourself. I'm going to go do. chill out. And, uh, man, we'll see you again soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Hey, man, 
the L train. We're back for another one. We got a great one for you here. We got one of the zebras on today. Referee Buddy Ruth. Buddy, how's it going, man? It's going great, L Train. Thanks so much for inviting me onto the podcast today. If there's one thing that I love, it's professional wrestling. So we're going to be here for a while. So um, I'm excited <laughs> to be on the show today. So thanks again for inviting me on. Hey, you're welcome, man. I try to get everyone from the the scene on here one way or another, whether it's fans, referees, wrestlers, you know, the, the promoters themselves, you know, just about everyone. My wife even joins me on the shows for the openings and uh, the wrestling matches. So it's all a big uh, kind of Northwest wrestling community family, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, definitely. When I started uh, doing the pro wrestling thing and getting into it a couple of years ago, I was poking around for kind of a podcast that would cover the local area. And no doubt the Bigfoot Wrestling Podcast is the podcast for covering the Northwest area. So you're doing a great service to all the wrestling fans uh, and, and wrestlers and everybody in the area who loves professional wrestling. So thank you for your service, sir. Hey, I appreciate that uh, very much. It's fun. It's a little hobby of mine, you know, and uh, it grew from just, you know, a few listeners. And uh, I was lucky enough to get some... Uh, talent on here that didn't even you know they're probably like who's this guy but they came on anyway and helped really helped me out <laughs> and i grew from there and i think we're on uh episode 117 but uh anyway enough about me man uh where are you calling from right now i think you're down uh, salem oregon somewhere in there i am in salem oregon yes at my home right now and what's the weather like right, right now it is lovely it's a lovely uh 75 degrees clear skies blue skies right now it's been a, a great uh, spring so far. We had a terrible, terrible winter. Um, I'm sure you had the same up in Seattle and in your region there, but this winter was just terrible compared to the last several. Uh, so I'm glad to have a f finally some nice weather out. Um, so it's a beautiful day in Salem, Oregon today. Yeah, we had some, uh, not just some, a lot of uh, snow days up here this last winter. Uh, I think my son, he's probably got to go to school, what, a couple extra weeks there, honey? But, uh, yeah, <laughs> my wife's in the room behind me here. But, uh, yeah, it was just not good. But, yeah, it's today. We got some blue sky in there, a little, little barely cloudy out there. Be heading over to Bremerton later, if you know where that is. Uh, Going to be doing a little interview with the one and only Shaft. Nice, nice. Yeah, I got yeah. to ref a, sh a Shaft match. Really, really? Which with, one was that? Prestige. Uh, Prestige uh, in Hermiston. It was um, Bull Dempsey versus <laughs> Shaft. Um, oh, it was yeah. a great, great match, so. We talked about on our last podcast that one. That's just like all his fights, almost like 95% of them are big uh, Haas fights, man. Huge Haas fight. <laughs> yeah, that was a delight to work with uh, Bull Dempsey. He's formerly with uh, NXT, and those two together in the ring was uh, a sight to see for sure. And working with Prestige was was great as well. And we'll get into that later. I'm right, sure. right, right. So did you grow up uh, down in Salem there? You're always from there? Uh, Born and raised in Portland, Oregon, actually. Uh, Southeast Portland, Felony Flats is directly where I come from. Um, and I uh, grew up in the area, stayed in the area the whole time. Moved to Salem about uh, four or five years ago uh, with my family, my, my kiddos. So been in here for uh, a few years now. And uh, the WCWC is the main promotion in the area. And they're uh, part of the reason that I got back involved with pro wrestling is having a, a local promotion in the area here. Well, that's nice. You don't have to drive very far for those uh, Sunday shows they have. Uh, it's literally a walking distance from my house to get down to the show and the uh, training academy. So, well, that's nice uh, when it's uh, you know nice out. Very convenient, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, when you're uh, growing, up, what is it? Salem's maybe about uh, what thirty, forty-five minutes north of uh, uh, forty minutes south, south of Portland. That's right. Yep. That's right. Because if you can skip that, you can take that one highway and kind of go around Portland, right? Yes, you can. Yep. If you, if you need to, the 205 kind of goes around all the, the business there. But uh, yeah, it's 40 minutes south of 
of Portland. So it's a good good distance if I need, if I want to ref shows in Portland or Salem. It's good to have um, everything kind of right in that area. And then Eugene is only an hour south of me too. So nice. um, there's definitely a lot of potential to work different uh, different promotions in the area. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So uh, as a kid, man, growing up down there, were you what were you into? Were you into sports? Were you into games? Were, you know, were you an athlete? Um, I was mainly into pro, re- pro wrestling um, as a kid. Uh, my first memories were uh, we had cable TV when I was a kid. So around seven, eight uh, years old, I started seeing visions of Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior flashing across my TV screen. Um, and then uh, my grandma, Ruth, um, she uh, introduced me to uh, Portland wrestling uh, when I was maybe eight or nine years old. And that was on, I think, every Saturday night uh, in the Portland area. And I would watch that religiously uh, with Don Koss and the sports arena and Sandy Barr and um, really got into it then, and one of my most cher- cherished childhood memories is going to see Portland wrestling live uh, and in person as a small child, and uh, that really, I think, obviously had an impact on me to today that uh, now I'm uh, doing professional wrestling uh, uh, regularly, so uh, definitely it was uh, uh, Portland wrestling and WWF uh, as a kid had a huge impact on me, and um, I did maybe basketball for a season and football for a season, but I watched a lot of wrestling. Um, never, ever thought I would actually get in into the ring or be a part of the business um, as I am today. Um, but uh, sports really wasn't um, a thing that I did. It was more of a thing that I watched and, and pro wrestling is really what I focused on. I wasn't really into much anything else um, as far as um, sports goes. I liked heavy metal music and and punk rock and uh, and pro wrestling and stuff like that. But that was really the, the limit of my uh, teenage and childhood ambitions sidetrack real quick who's your favorite yeah. uh, punk rock and or metal band cop couple anyway it's hard to have a, just a favorite band anymore you know oh man put me on the spot i like I it um morbid angel comes to mind that's one of my favorite uh death metal acts um the new stuff not as much but the older stuff is pretty great um behemoth is one of my is, is a good band that i like um um let's see alice in chains is probably my favorite band of all time they're not really huh. metal of but uh, I think I consider them probably what the best best metal act, or because you could consider Alice in Chains, I think, to be metal, uh, depending on what yeah. track you're listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, but they would probably be at the top, and then uh, Typo Negative is probably one of my top favorite bands as well. So a kind of a variety of heavy, hard, and slow, um, and fast as well. But uh, that's a, kind of my mix of metal interests. It's funny is the first two bands I I don't even really know to be honest. But the second two, I knew. The third one, though, Alice in Chains is leading my top five all time, man. I've seen those guys a couple times in Seattle. Just, it was, my buddy had an extra cassette of the very first album one time, you know, cassette tape. And uh, he gave it to me. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I put it in. Man, I played that tape over and over until it was just wore down. I, I really love those guys. The, the newer Alice, it's good. It just, it's not the same for me without Lane. It honestly is not the same, and I can honestly listen to Dirt over and over and over <laughs> and not get tired of that album. It's so great. Um, and I, I do believe that the combination of Jerry Cantrell and Lane Staley combined were probably the most powerful musical duo vocalists that have ever existed in the history of time. I don't think you can find any two singers combined that produced a greater musical product than what they delivered. So it is, it is not the same with the new guy because Lane Staley was just on a level of his own. But when you mixed him with Jerry Cantrell with his singing mm-hmm. and his guitar, Allison Chains, I think, is just an act that can't be compared to. Oh, it was freaking phenomenal because those guys' timing, you know, especially, you know, in the younger years, 
Lane still had that power in his voice, you know. So when they those guys hit their stuff, man, it was awesome. And then even later, maybe Lane wasn't quite as, you know, what he was on that Unplugged on MTV. But, man, there's guys' timing and the way they work together is just phenomenal. Like, Jerry will kind of cover up any Lane's, you know, weaknesses that were there maybe. If that's one band I could have seen live, we're going on an Allison Chains tangent, which is no problem with me. Yep. Um, if there's one band I could have seen live uh, with Lane Staley uh, as an act, I wish I could have seen them. But I do consider Allison Chains, uh, the MTV Unplugged, to be their best album. Even if he wasn't up to par, I think that those musical performances uh, recorded are better than any of the ones that they did, what, that they performed live or any of their recorded versions. I think it's just a stellar album. So they're great. I love Allison Chains. Yes. And rest in peace, Lane. And then I love Typo Negative. And of course, Peter Steele is no longer with us as well. So <laughs> only the good die young, I guess. I guess, man. I think there's a song about that. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. tell us about, uh, <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned this because I had friends or family, you know, if they watched the wrestling with you when you're a kid. And you even mentioned the amazing Portland wrestling. Don Owens, baby. He brought it up <laughs> first. But um, hell of a ring announcer. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> he was great, wasn't he? yeah and then you seen but sorry but uh your grandma ruth man what was it back in the day in this time in the territories like grandmothers loved wrestling too they'd go stand in the front row yell at the yep. wrestlers the ones they didn't like hug and kiss the ones they did it was just cracked me up man tell me about uh watching wrestling with grandma ruth. yeah I, I would watch wrestling with grandma uh, every saturday night and she would get hot uh, when, when the grappler would come to the ring, she hated him. And then when she, we had uh, wrestlers like uh, Beetlejuice uh, come into the ring, she was a big mark for them too. Uh, but yeah, grandmas love wrestling, and I don't know what it, what it is about it. But I, you know, I have other friends who've, whose grandmas have gotten them uh, interested in pro wrestling as well. And uh, you do see that uh, with the old tapes with uh, grandmas sitting in the front row, and you don't you don't see that as much these days. Um, but, uh, yeah, grandma Ruth was definitely the, the one who was putting on wrestling every Saturday night and I couldn't help but get hooked. And, uh, they, they were booking really well back then. Uh, that was a really, oh. really good show. I watch old tapes of it now and it's kind of hard to get into, but man, back in the day when I was watching Portland wrestling, I was hooked every Saturday night and could not wait to watch the next episode next week. So they were doing really good stuff at the sports arena and that crowd was hot when I finally got to see the, the live action um, at the sports arena in Portland, um, to, to be there and to witness that spectacle was just so awe inspiring, uh, to me as a youth. And that's something that I, I try to shape now, uh, with, uh, pro wrestling now and being a referee in the ring is, is, as I think creating, uh, that same memory for, uh, parents and children now, I think can be a very powerful thing. Pro wrestling is a very strong thing for me and my kids too. It's something that kind of bonds us and brings us together as a family as well. So, um, I think passing on pro wrestling to the younger generation is, is important. And my grandma definitely inspired me to, to be who I am today. And that's why part of the reason why I picked Ruth as my stage, my, my work name, uh, buddy Ruth is, is her uh, inspiration to me. And, and, uh, so that's why I used her name for, for my, my stage name. So, well, that is a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing <laughs> about the name, man. Really. What it was like as a kid walk, after you've been watching this on TV, you get to walk into that Portland sports arena through the doors and you see the concessions and maybe the tables with the gimmicks on it and all that kind of stuff, man. How was that as the, as a kid? Cause I remember the first time I got to go to the Seattle center arena and watch it, man. I was just in awe. I probably didn't even say a word. Oh yeah. It was just, it was unexpectedly awesome. Um, I, I'd wanted to go see wrestling cause I'd seen it on TV and thought it would be cool. And it was cooler than I ever thought it could have been. Um, it's just, it's unique. It's not, 
something that you can watch on TV and experience. It's not something a friend can tell you about and experience. Pro wrestling is something you have to go and see and witness for yourself. And, and only when you see it live, I think, is when it really connects with you. When you when you hear how hard the guys are hitting the mat and you see the viciousness and the brutality in the ring and the energy of the crowd and the presentation of the show, when it all comes together, pro wrestling is an extremely beautiful thing. And it had a, a huge impact on me when I finally got to see it live as a kid. Uh, and Portland wrestling was just a, a great thing to be a part of for those uh, later years. It closed around uh, the mid 90s, but there at the I was glad to at least be a part of it uh, when I was a youth um, when I was eight, nine or 10 years old while it was in its uh, closing years. I really wish I'd been born 10 years earlier so I could be <laughs> more a part of the old school pro wrestling because, man, they had something hot going uh, back in the day. It's not it's not the way that it was before. Um, it's still hot uh, for what it is today, but back in the day in the 70s and 80s, man, it was something different. Um, and, and it was it was cool to be a part of it when I was a kid. It, it's getting back there. It's getting back there. You know, the difference is like wrestling shows typically, although there was one last Tuesday, uh, um, uh, God, Tectonic defended his belt down there in the Oregon Wrestling Club on a Tuesday. But, the, you know, anymore, it's typically, gonna, typically not Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, not Thursday. It's only three days a week. We're back then. Monday through Sunday and twice on Sundays, they always said, you know, twice on Saturday, whatever. But yeah, they would wrestle every day and they'd fill up those places. It was just amazing time. Yeah, those workers were working a hell of a schedule back then. They were working like every day, if not multiple matches during the day, traveling from Salem to Portland to Eugene to Lincoln City up to Vancouver. That must have been such a... Uh, a fun schedule to work definitely hard on the body as a wrestler i i, I can't even imagine but working so many matches so consistently I, I can only imagine for a wrestler could have been would have been such a rewarding experience because uh, I, I imagine the dates today are are sparser and fewer and far between if you're if you're not working daily dates it's more of a weekend gig i think uh today but uh, that would have been great working that that schedule as a wrestler back in, in the 80s especially in this region Oh, especially, you know, especially the lower guys, what are they making? 20, 30, 40 bucks a night, you know, and then pay for your gas and your six pack or half rack of beer to the next town, you know, or 10 bucks for a room or whatever it was back then, man. But you got to travel with all your buddies and tell all those stories. That must have been just. And back in the day, back in the day, too, the audience was was different uh, by their nature. Without social media or phones in their hands or cameras, people just sat and watched the show. Mm -hmm. And I like, I like to see old videos of WWF or WCW back in the day when there was no cell phones and people just sat and watched it and, and were into it. And I think today audiences can get distracted by technology and whatnot. It's okay to use your phone, I think, during the show, but um, it's, I think when a good show can be enjoyed, it should be enjoyed for what it's worth. And, and uh, uh, audiences, I think, were just on it engaged in a different level back in the day that's a you know a great point right there because you know you didn't see that back then you had to pay attention more and i remember my first couple defies i was so overwhelmed i'm just trying to take a picture of every match and kiss you know <laughs> i want to catch that move on you know and after a while i'm like well i'm kind of missing half the show because i'm sitting there messing with my my camera now i might just take one or two before the match kind of starts and then put my phone away and then i realize i haven't brought it back out for five matches because i've just been so entertained you know and that and that happens at all the you know the promotions now. I barely even take pictures because I just want to have fun. I'll get the pictures with the wrestlers and you know you guys and stuff in between, but uh, yeah. I just like to pay attention now. Yeah, just get immersed into the show. Um, and you mentioned Defy. Wow, I don't know what they do to their audience, but that <laughs> audience is fire. They are on fire. Yeah, and everyone in the building uh, feels it, man. Um, we'll get to Defy here in just a second. Yeah, uh, you know you yeah. talked about uh, Grandma Ruth. What? Uh, 
any other parents back into it then? Were you, did your mom and dad like wrestling? Or were they like, oh, that's that fake stuff your grandma likes, you know? <laughs> uh, no, my, my parents were just ambivalent. They were like, oh, you're into wrestling? That's cool. Um, they, they didn't really have any, any say in it uh, either way. Um, they, they let me enjoy it. I watched, uh, Monday night raw religiously, uh, when I was 16, 17, 18, then I'd have my friends over and we'd hang out and, and, and watch in the living room. So, um, there was no opposition, um, luckily in that area. So I was able to, to enjoy it. Uh, so I was a, a part of the Monday night wars, uh, when I was back in the late nineties and stuff like that. So I got to have a front seat to that. And yeah, my parents didn't really have any, any say any other way, but uh, I did have other <laughs> friends in high school who enjoyed it and we would hang out and, and watch the show. Well, that's cool. You had some pros, you guys ever, you know, like, all right, um, you know, warrior, you're mach, you know, we're going to get it on right here in the bedroom while we're watching the show <laughs> and you're slamming each other on the bed and your mom has to come in and like, knock it off. You, you know, broke the lamp. No, I was never that active. I was actually, <laughs> I was, I was just a, a spectator. Um, I was, I was rather inactive for most of my life, which is also part of my story that we'll, we'll talk about as well. But no, there was no, no backyarding, uh, in my <laughs> earlier days. Uh, but I did, I did watch, uh, nitro and raw, um, religiously. I never, never missed an episode. Before we get to your story, what's kind of the most memorable thing that kind of stuck out about wrestling in your childhood? Was there that, like that one thing, a certain match, you know, certain pay-per-view watching with grandma Ruth? Um, I, I think definitely just attending my first show um, and, and seeing uh, live wrestling for what it was and, and, and then it, knowing what the truth was, was just, just how awesome pro wrestling can be when you see it live. And then just having those memories of watching uh, uh, Portland wrestling uh, with Grandma Ruth um, and uh, enjoying matches with, say, Beetlejuice, <laughs> um, getting hot and... Uh, and Don Koss uh, calling the action, and uh, Tom Peterson um, providing the uh, sponsorship, um, and just uh, the 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 vintage classic feel of just that '80s pro wrestling classic vibe um, in my childhood. Um, every Saturday night night is just a such a positive. Um, probably one of my most positive childhood memories, to be honest. So um, it has definitely shaped me and in, in who I am today. I think. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So you said you were more of a spectator, weren't that uh, inactive, man. So, um, you know, I see on your Twitter you're talking about your journey, man. You lost uh, 175 pounds starting in uh, 2015 up till now, man. That's a huge, huge <laughs> accomplished. Congratulations. But, uh, dude, why don't you uh, break that down and give us some insight on that? Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, so I have been heavy most of my life. I, even from a young child, I was, I was, the, I was the fat kid honestly, and, and, and growing up um, and in high school and, and college and, you know, for my adult life, um, exercise and diet was not a concern for me. And I, um, you know, just didn't have any care for what I, I put in my body and I didn't really move around a lot. Um, I was sedentary in, in, in all of my things that I did. Um, and then up until I was maybe 35, I was just, uh, my, my peak, I was 394 pounds. And, um, uh, Short story, I made it. I went to the doctors uh, in March of 2015 and had a very eye opening conversation. He was very frank with me and he said, uh, You're a ticking time bomb for a heart attack. If you don't change the way that you're living your life and change the way that you eat, um, it's only a matter of time. Um, so you should probably change things. And something about that just resonated with me. Before then, I, I tried to lose weight and find um, you know, a source of inspiration for me to finally you know, get my ass in gear. 
and and get healthy because I knew it was a detriment. I, I did not feel healthy. I did not look healthy, and I and I needed to change. And I knew it. And the doctor finally put the nail in the coffin, and that's like, okay, I need to do this. It's life or death. I'm a single parent. I have uh, I have four kids. I have uh, you know a lot to provide in this world. And I have a lot of people I need to be here for and to be healthy for. So, um, I finally made the decision to change and, um, started just exercising and eating right. It's really not hard to lose weight. Once you understand the basics, it's calories out versus calories in you're going to exercise and break a sweat and not eat cheeseburgers all day. Um, so I just made a basic approach to make sure I was eating right and exercising every day. Um, looked up some YouTube videos, you know, nothing too complex, just made sure I was eating three square meals a day. Um, I was walking two miles a day, finally got a, a, a gym membership. I wasn't hitting the gym a lot, just here and there and, and doing what I, what I could do just to, to work out. Um, uh, but slowly, but surely it took me, I counted, it took me 1,190 days to lose 175 pounds. Um, and to make that accomplishment, to make, a that change in my life was, uh, was huge. And, um, I thought I needed to reward myself in some capacity for making that change. Cause my goal was to hit 220 pounds after I'd lost, uh, from the peak of 394. So when I finally hit that, I was like, I want to do something to, to reward myself. And at, at that point I had already been working with, uh, the WCWC mm. helping out with social media and things. And uh, I decided that, uh, training to be a referee would be my reward to myself as something that, um, you know, I had gotten my body healthy and into shape. What's something that I can do to continue on, uh, that I can stay in shape for, and that will help me to stay in shape. So, um, it just, everything was a perfect storm of I'm here. I'm right down the street from the WCWC. There's a training school right there. I'm healthy enough to do this. Just go for it. You don't know what's going to happen. And here I am, um, you know, a year or so later and, uh, I have 61 matches <laughs> under my belt. I've got to have the privilege of working with uh, five different promotions in two States already working with a myriad of professional wrestlers and promoters. And, and it's been the most rewarding experience of my life and, uh, and really, um, losing the weight and, um, and getting healthy was the impetus for me to get into pro wrestling. And I never would have thought that, you know, even three or four years ago that I would even be in the industry. Um, but uh, I'm so glad that uh, pro wrestling like came into my life in this capacity. And uh, it, it has been nothing but rewarding and the most uh, positive, enriching experience of my entire life. And that's why I was glad for you to contact me to come on and, and maybe share my story a little bit that, uh, you know, I'm 39 years old. You know, I'm not I'm usually the oldest guy in the locker room at this point. It's uh, guys who are in their 20s. And, um, and I, at 38, I, I joined wrestling school and, uh, trained for a solid three months and I'm still in training now, but you had to do a three months minimum to, to get, uh, into the ring and to be, you know, be official to start doing shows with them. Um, but, uh, it was hard, but, um, you know, losing the weight and getting into the ring has just been, yeah, it's been great. <laughs> well, how hard was it to get over? Like, you know, you say you're trying to eat the cheeseburgers and stuff every day. Like how hard was it? Like, all right. I'm going to eat this rice and chicken and you're like on day three of that, but you see the McDonald's when you're driving by, man, was it difficult kind of make you sweat, it's, but you made the right decisions kind of thing. 
it's hard to get started. Uh, really, it's 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 mind over body, and and my and it was body over mind for me for a long time, where I just you know just ate whatever I wanted to. But um, really, I started to have to curb eating at nighttime because you know I usually eat in the night, and you have to kind of stop eating by dinner time and and curb those things. Um, so it was once I got started, and I and I had some momentum going where I was eating right for maybe a month. You know that hurt and that was hard, but after a while it got easy just by having that momentum and the repetition and it was just like this is what i'm doing now this is now my lifestyle to begin with it was difficult but now it's not as hard because this is what i'm doing so and that's i found with exercise and eating right once you starting is hard but once you start going having that momentum under your belt is what can carry you along um and that's what i found that works for me yeah, man. You said you were walking uh, a couple miles a day. It looks like you picked up your running. I saw on your Twitter, you fell on your ass and scraped yourself up. But you're running, <laughs> running, running around a little bit now, man. How's that? How, how do your joints and your ankles and everything feel compared to when you had that other 175 pounds with you? I, 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 I just had my 39th birthday, and uh, I, I felt a little weird about it because it's so close to 40, and you know, I don't know for you, but for me, 40 is like you're old now. 40s like getting up there i don't i don't know but uh, i got a few uh, years on you <laughs> <laughs> uh but uh i feel so much better at 39 than i do at 29 it's night and day um having that extra weight on me you know i didn't realize you don't realize a fish doesn't realize that they're wet um but you know when I, once i lost the weight and now that i'm uh, uh healthier and i don't have the have that extra weight i do feel so much better um and 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 it's it's a big change. It's it's a big difference. But I still have to keep it going. I can easily gain weight with an instant if I stop exercising and just kind of eat like I usually do. I will gain. I will put on weight. I have to stay active in order to stay um, healthy. Um, it's just part, my, my my metabolism is terrible. So I have to I have to stay active. And of course, training for pro wrestling is a very uh, active process and I and you and for being a referee you do have to have great cardio and that's one thing I'm continuously working on and yes I did fall down on my <laughs> ass uh, last week when I was uh, out jogging I was trying to do some higher intensive um, sprinting jogging sprinting going back and forth and trying that and I was uh, at the park and I tried to actually leap uh, the fence and I fell down oh. uh, but luckily n- nobody saw it um, that I saw I looked around, um, so I was I was embarrassed, but I don't think anybody actually saw me fall down. But yeah, I did get bruised up, and I got <laughs> scraped up. Uh, luckily, I wasn't booked for any shows this weekend. Well, yeah, um, did you feel that so one the next day? I did. Yeah, I'm still feeling that, actually. I'm just just now recovering a little bit. I had a huge bruise, but I'm I'm better now. But <laughs> the price you pay for getting good cardio, I guess. So, are you at the weight you want to be, or are you still got a goal that you want to get to now? Um, I'm at, I'm at where I, I think I want to be for right now. I could probably drop a little more, but I'm kind of at a phase right now where I'm trying to add some muscle, um, as well and just, um, develop my cardio. So I don't have a gym membership or a personal trainer. So everything I try to, I've, I've done, a I've learned through YouTube videos and things like that. So, um, I've, I've consulted with, with various, um, folks who, who train at, at the, uh, Academy and things like that, wrestlers and other referees. I've even got, uh, fitness and health tips from Aubrey Edwards, um, as well, um, on, um, tips for keeping, um, healthy and having good cardio for a ref. So I've never heard of her. Yeah. She, she's, <laughs> uh, kind of this obscure, 
official. Yes. Oh, She's up and coming. I know. <laughs> so, you know, when you thought about this goal, you wanted to be in wrestling. Did you think about actually wrestling at all? Or was refereeing just like, that's what I want to do. I'm too old to get in the ring and do the other stuff. I can just get my cardio in and be part of it. Um, I thought about wrestling for maybe a minute, um, but I did realize I am, I was 38 years old, which is far and above <laughs> uh, past the prime of when a, an, a sports entertainer or wrestler would, uh, you know, endeavor to begin pro wrestling. Unless you're um, DDP. And, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for a minute, I thought I might try it, but I was like, you know what? I think refereeing is actually going to be a better fit for me. So when I did join the academy, I joined specifically, and that's the Grapplers WCWC uh, Pro Wrestling Academy in Salem. Uh, I joined them, um, and I did join officially to be a referee. I did not join to become a wrestler. Um, but being a, a referee is what, what, what my goal was. So have you got to meet the actual grappler? Does he get in there once in a while, hang out? No, just, just the grappler so I know, three. I know he moved a while back, so. <laughs> I have not officially met him, but I was going to tell him about the heat that my grandma had with him. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah. Once I do. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I've, I've only met uh, just the grappler three. He's one of the trainers uh, at the school, so. All right, so how did you get into that process, man? You, you were kind of said you were working there doing some social media stuff like that, and then you walk in one day and say, "Hey, Grappler Three or whoever, you know, um, <laughs> I want to be a referee." You know, how do we do this? Yeah, it started. I actually contacted uh, the WCWC there um, in, in late 2017 because I did have some experience with uh, social media and uh, production and things like that, and I just messaged them out of the blue because they were in the area, and I was like, "Hey, do you guys need any help with anything?" Um, and I didn't hear back, but luckily I checked my spam folder and there was an email in there from the promotion saying, yeah, we can use some help if you want to meet up or talk about it or whatever. Um, so just a quick tip for everybody listening, check your friggin' spam folder because you never know what opportunities might be in there. So drop in maybe once a week or once a month. But uh, yeah, I got the I got the message and then I became a part of their kind of social media team. Um, and then I, I had started hitting those weight loss goals. I'd finally hit that weight goal of 220 and um I'd thought more about getting into the ring or being more involved with wrestling um, in that capacity and, and uh, going and attending live TV tapings with um, the WCWC and attending different live shows in the area. You know, there was just this continuous interest of saying, you know, maybe I could do something in the ring. And um, I think a month before I joined, I was just like, you know what? I think I want to be a referee. I think that might be a good thing that I could do. I've, I've, I'm, I'm healthy now. I love wrestling. Um, I pretty much only love wrestling, and uh, it might be something that that I can actually do. And I have an opportunity uh, with the school down the road to do it. Um, so I got uh, in touch with the school and um, and asked if, if um, I could um, get in there. And I met with the um, promoter there and kind of asked. They asked, you know, if, my, if I was healthy and you know reasons I wanted to be involved in pro wrestling and you know they kind of have a feeling out process to see if that's something that i really really wanted to do because pro wrestling school is neither easy or you know easy on the body and and at my age was it really something that i wanted to do and i was like yes let me at least give it a try um so i eventually went in and then april 11th it was a wednesday 2018 is when i started uh training at the school and i wasn't sure if i could do it um because you have to pretty much train as a wrestler um, at that school for three months, um, mm. taking all the bumps, all the rolls, all everything that the wrestlers do, you have to do too. 
um, to learn as a as a foundation to to being a referee at least with with that school. So, um, and then being at 38, I wasn't sure if I could do it. And I'll tell you what, it was extremely hard. Um, it was the hardest physical thing I've ever I've ever did. I did tear my hamstring um, <laughs> during training. I had a huge black bruise for two to three weeks, and I was actually out of commission that whole time. I couldn't train, but I went to training anyway. Even though I couldn't move around, I still had to be there and participate and learn. Even though I could not move, I had to, you know, be involved and uh, I w- wanted to be involved. Um, so that was hard to uh, to not be able to roll around. Um, but yeah, it was it was hard. Um, it was it was, um, but it was an enriching experience, and I would never trade it for the world. It was it was. Uh, I was really glad it was something that I could participate in and and have that reward for for losing the weight, and and it's been great. So after day one, you woke up on day two in the morning. How'd the body feel? And at that point, did you say, screw that? <laughs> ouch. Yeah, <laughs> def- big time ouch. Um, yeah, if you, when you're first, uh, for me, I mean, because I was never active. I, I'm, I didn't really have a sports background or anything, but I had gotten myself into, you know, some decent shape, some decent cardio, lost some weight and tried to do this new wrestling thing. But uh, yeah, it takes a toll on the body, on your back. Uh, on on your neck the front of your neck um uh your lower back um and when you're learning to bump that you don't bump right that's that's for sure um and i still don't know how to bump which is good because referees shouldn't know how um <clears throat> or they should be terrible at it is what i'm told so and i'm terrible at it uh but yeah you have to learn learn all the things uh that wrestlers do in order to uh learn what uh, like ring positioning and things like that to be a ref. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was a challenge, uh, for sure. Um, and then I continue to do training today. I, I try to go at least, uh, once a week, I'm still right down the street, uh, from the school and they have training three days a week down there. Um, so it's a, it's a great opportunity for anybody who wants to be a wrestler or a manager or a referee. If they want to get involved, man, there's a door open and I, I stepped through that door a year ago and I'm very glad that I did and, and be involved in pro wrestling is just fantastic. So, so who are the people that been kind of in your ear, you know, kicking you in the butt, helping you along, you know, mentors, trainers, friends. Yeah. Um, so my main referee, um, mentor has definitely been Benjamin Roberts and that's uh, at Teddy long legs there on, on Twitter. Um, he's, uh, he was trained by the, the, uh, Academy as well. He came out of there and, and we've trained and worked together on, on multiple shows, um, as well. And I don't know if people don't really recognize him as much, but he's been on all those li- latest like wrestler promos and, uh, for that TV show on vice, mm-hmm. um, he is all over the place. He's, he's doing ring of honor today and he is, he rests for defy and prestige. He's, he's all up in, in the Northwest. So, and he has been a huge, a uh, huge help um, to me in, in refereeing. Uh, after each match, he provides me with uh, uh, feedback and, and notes, and um, he's been a great help uh, along uh, my path so far. Um, Aubrey Edwards, of course, um, that obscure ref that few people have ever heard of. Um, uh, no, she's been fantastic as well. And uh, she's uh, we've worked together on TV tapings before, and we just got the chance to work at uh, 321 Battle um, recently. And, uh, she's been a great resource as well. Um, I've been able to send her, um, videos and she's sent me pages of notes on feedback on things that I can improve on. And she's been a great, great resource. And then I've had a chance to work with uh, Chris Samuels as well from three, two, one battle. And I believe you're going to have him or have had him on the podcast. Um, and he's, he was a great, um, 
person to work with as well at three two one battle. He's the one who trained Aubrey, and I can tell why she's such a great rep is that he's he's very skilled as well. And I do look forward on getting back up to working with both Aubrey and and Chris up at uh, three two one battle, and as well as working with Benjamin Roberts. Um, I work with him at least two or three times a month at this point. Um, but yeah, those have been uh, my three kind of local folks who've helped me out. And then uh, referee Odie Brown, um, he's based out of California. He actually operates the Zebra Talk Facebook group, <laughs> and he's been a, a great um, networking fo- person. Um, and he's ha- formed a big community of referees uh, on Facebook as well. And he's uh, given me instruction and feedback as well too on on referee stuff so he's been a great resource as well so um overall i I have had a a privilege of working with these folks who've uh helped um train me and and give me feedback and and that's really been critical towards um improving as a referee because i think the only way that you can get better is actually by being in the ring and getting that immediate uh or that critique and feedback uh on your performance afterwards you can you can talk about it all day long but actually getting in the ring and being able to execute is where you get better at it um but getting those those notes from uh, benjamin and aubrey and uh Chris Samuels and, and Odie and, and getting that feedback has really been um, instrumental in helping me develop as a referee. Yep. Chris will be a part of this very podcast when it gets all said and done. And, uh, you know, uh, Benjamin's uh, deal with the defiance, right? They are not (laughs) fans of Benjamin Roberts. He gets heat. He's got big heat, man. (laughs) Heat. That's over, man. Heat. Hot heat, yeah. Hot heat. I, there I, we go. I got to work a show. I got to work Defy um, with Benjamin uh, in Portland. We we worked the Wolves at the Door show um, at the Hawthorne Theater, um, and yeah, once he walked out, they were hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all goes back to that uh, Austin Aries uh, swerve match when uh, Austin uh, took the belts out of here for a while. But you know, it is what it is. He's a great <laughs> referee, but you know, it's part of the whole deal the atmosphere there at uh washington hall so hey uh so you started in 2018 yeah how long was it till you got in there and did your first actual match uh my first actual match was september 9th of 2018 so about let's see april may june july august september so five months um after i started training um had my first match it was a wcwc student match um it was um Officer Cole um, handcuff versus Troy Prescott. <laughs> and uh, and it was, uh, I think, a, a six-minute match. Um, but I'll tell you, to finally uh, get into that ring uh, for the first time, I was almost in tears because it was just a, a momentous um, event for me uh, because there had been so much life change and different things with training and and. Um, you know, this long journey that I'd taken to finally get a chance to step into that ring. And honestly, I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable stepping into a ring until I was starting training. And, and it was so cool to finally um, get out there, you know, step up to the apron, dust off your feet, step inside, start the match, call the match. You know, it was, it was, I still remember it t- to this day. And uh, man, such a great payoff uh, for all, all the hard work. I think I, I'd, I'd invested um over over the years um even though i'd started training in april i mean it was a it was a long time coming to finally have that that moment to to be in the ring and i and i still have the picture of that first match and uh man it was great it was great so you were satisfied with it and happy with it and still to this day being in the ring as a referee is the funnest thing 
<laughs> I've ever done. It, like it's the most exciting, like especially like when it's a really good match and the audience is into it and uh, it's just a great atmosphere. There's literally nothing more entertaining or fun that I've ever done. Really, you know, being a referee is you technically have the best seat in the house. Oh, yeah. You're you are in the ring. <laughs> I mean, it, being a fan, it really doesn't get any better than that. And I've I've been a fan since as a kid. But, yeah, being in there and to be a part of it and to, and to work with the wrestlers and the promoters and uh, and being a part of the show. Uh, one time, Pat Kelly said at a, a TV taping, you know, we're the ones who got to join the circus. And uh, I think that's true. And uh, being a part of the of the show, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like pro wrestling. It's great. Oh, man, I've been a huge fan since I was a little kid. You know, turned it on one day and just happened to be on WTBS or just TBS back then, man. It was Georgia Championship 605. Wrestling. Yep. <laughs> great, 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 great stuff, man. Uh, hey, you're talking about that it was the training match. Is that the ones they have at the uh, the Grapplers Academy there and people can come in by like pay five bucks or something and watch? Oh, uh, yeah. They, they, uh, the day of the show, they, they have a house show and then they have a student show, usually like a half hour beforehand. Oh, okay. Um, and that, then they'll have maybe one or two student matches that folks can pay like, yeah, maybe three or five bucks or something. And you come in and check out a couple of matches before the main show. Um, and that's a good opportunity for um, up and coming wrestlers in the region, too, if you're looking to um, get some practice ma- matches in. Though I think they're going to be starting to do student shows at the WCWC. So that's a good opportunity for either upcoming refs or wrestlers in the region. I think Oh man, great information, man. Thanks for throwing that out yep. for folks. <laughs> and then, uh, let me see, you know, have you ever had, you know, we're talking about, uh, Benjamin and his action, his interactions with the crowd. Um, any weird interactions with the crowd for you ever like heckling or people calling you strange <laughs> names or, you know, throwing shit. Um, at you? I did have one person say you are the worst referee that I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> but that was on, on a match where I, uh, apparently I had not seen some hijinks going on behind my back and, and I did not see it and they were upset. So I can appreciate that. But, uh, uh, no, it's been funny, uh, having the crowd, uh, shout back at you when you're doing a count, a 10 count outside of the ring, when you shout one and they shout two, you shout two and they shout three yeah. just to try to mess you up. That's fun. <laughs> um, or when they shout 10, every time you you shout a number when you're doing the 10 count so um those are those weird un- unexpected things like you don't anticipate ever having to deal with but it that's been a fun uh a fun inter- fan interaction at least <laughs> that doesn't happen in any other sport no that i'm aware of <laughs> <laughs> really you never know what you're gonna get you might get those couple people that think that stuff's still real and start hollering at you because you didn't you took too long getting to that count man why didn't you count 10 come on uh, but Defy, that crowd is hot on fire, man, from the moment the show starts till the end of that show, just the energy. I really could not get to sleep after my first Defy show that night. Like the energy is contagious and it just keeps going and it was just fantastic. And I will tell you, too, another audience that is on fire, too, is 3-2-1 Battle. <laughs> Those folks are are on fire as well. And they have like the heel side and the, and the uh, baby face side. And man, they are engaged in that show from beginning to end. Um, and I think they could give the Defiance a run for their money with the, the amount of energy that they bring as well. But man, what a great area to be in for oh, pro wrestling! It's awesome. I don't think I don't think anybody else has it as good as we do. Not from top to bottom, from each state to state, you know, up into Canada, dude. I was gonna, you know, I had this on the list. WCWC, you told us about that. You know, that Defiance crowd, that Washington Hall. It's like a rock concert in there hold on a second 
Sorry, someone just walked behind me. I cut that out. Or my son just got home. But uh, we're talking about the Defy, the Washington Hall. It's like a rock concert in that place, man. Like it's hard for fans to go home and sleep. Like most of us get up or get back home, and we're just on our phones texting and watching all the right. videos, and it's just insane. I want to get up there. I've, I've asked Benjamin about the shows up there because I said, man, this Defy show in Portland was fire. I have not experienced anything like that. He's like, wait till you get to Washington Hall. So I can only ex- I can only imagine what it's what it's like in there. But yeah, if they're if they're oh. anything like they are in Portland, it, there's no crowd that I that I think can compare to that level oh. of energy that is brought. And I, I, what do they do? I, I mean, they, they're I guess they they bring in great wrestlers. That's for sure. The matches are on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, but just I I've been to different shows. I've experienced different audiences in different towns. Um, but something about the defiance is just amazing. I don't know what they do. Oh, it's a blast, man. It was almost like a, what am I trying to say? Like a following man, like everyone kind of just like united for this, like purpose of getting, you know, Northwest wrestling going again. And I think mm-hmm. their thing has helped a lot of other, other promotions. Like we were talking about three, two, one battle, you know, um, I got to say, I've only been to one three two one battle show ever, but I watched most of them on Twitch. And the one I went to was at the Showbox. That was over seven hundred and fifty people in the Showbox to watch three two one battle, and it, the matches were incredible. And they're going to be back there in July. Yeah, I've heard, I've, I've heard good things about that that show uh, where uh, Cubby picked up the Solid Steel yeah. title. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, uh, yeah, three, two, one, they, they have something really special going on. That's actually been the, 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 my favorite show that I've worked. Um, to be honest, uh, I did the uh, Cubby Shack show, uh-huh. uh, just a, a few weeks ago up in Seattle at, at uh, Evolve Fitness. And from top to bottom, I think that had been, had been my most enriching experience as a referee because, uh, I got to work with Aubrey and Chris Samuels as well. And they provide tremendous feedback. That audience is hot from top to bottom and that locker room, is amazing they have a an incredible energy and vibe and friendship and camaraderie up there that i don't think i've experienced with other locker rooms and it was just great and i really honestly can't wait to be back up there so chris samuels if you're listening you know where to find me slide me a dm brother i'll be up i'll be up i'll uh throw that in the, in, in the questions you know, i'll be talking to him a little later so but right. <laughs> just ask him how great is buddy Ruth? just That's kidding right. just kidding i'll just i'll just take that piece right there and throw it in the recording so we can hear it <laughs> <laughs> so some other great stuff man down in portland you know like you already said wcwc but also doa wrestling man they have been having some great shows they're over at that uh the jokers uh not jokers comedy club it's uh Harvey's comedy. Thank you club. very much. Jokers is the one at, where Reactivate Wrestling and Richin wrestles, but Harvey's Comedy Club, man, and it sounds like they're doing great, great shows there. Uh, have you refed any of those uh, in that uh, comedy club? Yeah, I got to be at the the April fourteenth. I was at the uh, DOA Best of the Best. I got to step in the ring uh, with uh, Pitfall Jones versus Malcolm Flex, and I also got to do the uh, DOA Peer Championship Wrestling Title Match, and that was Ethan HD or versus Eric Wright. Um, and then I did a, a show back in May, May 5th. We did the good, bad, and the ugly and, uh, got to ref, uh, Titus Alexander versus Eddie Pearl and also, uh, Ethan HD versus Tyler Bateman for the pure championship for that title, uh, as well. Um, and then we also have, um, shows at the Paris theater now, uh, with DOA and that's right downtown Portland, right in the thick of things. And, uh, we had, uh, uh a hip hop show recently, um, hip hop drop down 
takedown, I think it was called. And, uh, uh, it was a great show. Uh, we had some hip hop, a hip hop artist and then some wrestling matches and it had a, a great vibe and a great energy. And, uh, yeah, they're doing some different things at DOA. That was um, a, that's, that's, that was a weeknight thing, wasn't it? Yeah. They, they're doing Thursday nights. Oh, that's there. cool. Uh, See, moving uh, to Thursday nights. <laughs> so, yeah. Any night is a good night for pro wrestling. <laughs> and then uh, over in Hermiston, man, Prestige Wrestling, you've, been, you've worked over there also, right? Yep. I had the uh, privilege of uh, heading out to Hermiston, uh, beautiful town. Um, got to work that, the Prestige show uh, with Benjamin Roberts out there, and that was fun. I got to ref um, with uh, Simon Grimm. I did one of his matches. I got to ref yeah. with the, the Boros Twins. Got to ref one of their matches as well. Um, so yeah, that was a great experience, a great energy with that, that crowd, uh, out there as well. Um, but yeah, I've, I've had the experience to kind of work with each kind of bigger promotion, uh, in the area and kind of experience, uh, what each one has to offer. And like I said, so much great wrestling in the area. And I've got a chance to experience it like from a front row seat. Oh man, it's, uh, it's growing like a plant just keeps getting bigger and bigger, but, uh, dude, let's, uh, Talk about some other stuff here for a minute. Uh, you were talking about it earlier. This this referee you keep talking about, referee Aubrey Edwards, man. Uh, you know she's recently done the May Young Classic for WWE Evolution pay per view, and then just last weekend the AEW Double or Nothing there. And uh, man, just your thoughts on her. You said she's been a big help to you, but uh, what is it like seeing someone her? You know what, how hard she worked, and we're watching her on pay per view for forty nine ninety nine. Right, man. Uh, well, she is great. Um, she is she is a fantastic referee. Uh, she is professional. Um, she's she she has a ballet background, so uh, she's she's graceful in the ring. She's just solid. And for folks who've got to actually work with her, she's just a fantastic human being. Um, she's incredibly nice and gracious. And um, everyone that I've met with who works with her just she thinks she's fantastic because she is fantastic. And uh, really, she deserves everything that she has uh, that she's worked hard for. Um, and it's been great to see her continue to rise. And she is just a rocket going off into outer space. I don't know where she's going to end up, but all I see is upward trajectory. And being able to work with her at uh, 3 to one battle, uh, getting direct feedback. She was the one who was uh, talking into my earpiece uh, during the match and giving me cues and stuff like that. So, I mean, uh, working with her and, and she's she's great. Um, I, I don't I, know what I, you're talking about earpieces, man. I blah blah. <laughs> Never heard of such oh, a thing. Right, right. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, uh, she's no, she's she's fantastic because she she's just uh, a professional and she's great and uh, she really knows what she's doing and she just has a, a natural ability um, in the ring and in in, in the locker room. Um, she just has this great vibe with everybody and uh, this energy and professionalism that she brings um, is infectious. And it's really just inspirational um, working with her directly and, 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 and getting um, feedback from her. And, and it's really been uh, uh, an inspiration for me to continue uh, in my path. She really um, provides me direct feedback and doesn't doesn't uh, pull any punches. And that's really what I want as a referee is to, 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 to get good feedback. Cause I'm only going to get better with the feedback that I get. And, uh, and it's been great to see her continue to rise. And, uh, I know why it's because she's just great, uh, a great person and a, and a great referee. And I, I can only wish her the best. And we're, I, and I'm pretty sure we're pr pretty much probably going to see her on weekly TV mm -hmm. at yeah, some point soon. I think she will be all elite. 
I, I'm pretty sure on it. If I were a betting man, I would put my my money on it, Aubrey Edwards. I would I would double double down. Oh man, I'll be marking out on whatever night their show is going to be on TNT. <laughs> Aubrey Edwards referee in the main event on there, with Jericho and you know Page or whoever. Man, it'd just be awesome. See her in the ring with Moxley. I'm sure it's Moxley. <laughs> well, let's you, you go on to the next thing. I'm gonna jump ahead just a little bit. We uh, yep. saw the other day you were listening, of course my podcast thank you very much and you're also mm-hmm. listening to are going to listen to chris jericho's did you get a chance to get through that podcast the chris jericho john moxley yes i did i think everyone listened to that podcast apparently it was the the highest downloaded episode of the show ever yeah man it was um, hot i loved it yeah i listened to i, I didn't stop i listened to it the, through the whole thing and yeah that was some some eye-opening stuff uh definitely uh, i had i had a feeling those were that that that's what he was experiencing, but to hear him finally say the words and and kind of uh, illustrate just how frustrating his experience has been and and how rewarding it's been to transition to all elite. Um, yeah, that was a great interview, and and uh, apparently I've heard that there are more more people who want to tell their John Moxley story. So um, we have yet to hear the last of of the things that are going on within, I think the WWE and the frustrations of the talent that are working within that organization. Um, but, uh, I only wish for them the best that uh, you know, it makes me think of the Monday night wars where mm-hmm. WCW and WWE were going to war. That's really when we had the best wrestling, when the two companies had to go head to head to fight for our attention. That's when they gave us the best product. And that's the, that's what I'm hoping for now. I, I hope with the competition that overall the, the game will be raised from everybody and we will get even better pro wrestling all around would be my hope. Well, they're they're gonna have to, I think, because there's just so many different things. You know, AEW is going to be the closest thing to it. They're not there yet, of course. Long way to go, but they're there now, and they got the money to sign those people mm-hmm. that contracts are expiring or get out of their contracts. So, you know, there's you know, and there's also ROH and Impact in Japan. So there is a few other places, you know. So Vince and uh, the folks there, I think they just need to get rid of some of the writers and keep the basic storyline, keep storylines basic, and then let the wrestlers kind of come up with the matches and the promos like they used to. Yeah, I, I really feel like NXT files, fires off on all cylinders where WWE doesn't necessarily. Like a, a w, uh, an NXT TakeOver pay-per-view is much more entertaining than most of the WWE uh, main show pay-per-views. Um, so I think when they they know how to do things right, I think it's just a matter of mobilizing those folks in the right areas to to make it happen. And I think once they do, uh, w- AEW will bring a competition. But I think when WWE knows what they're doing, they they will they will succeed. They overcame WCW and they ended up buying that company. So yep. uh, you you never know what can happen. But uh, I'm excited about it honestly, and I I haven't been excited about pro wrestling and. At this much in, in a long time, granted, I'm involved in it now on a professional basis, but uh, just the overall state and condition of the industry right now is really exciting, and I'm really, really hopeful to see what's going to be transpiring over the next year or two. Well, let me just jump back here. I kind of skipped ahead on my little notepad here. I was going to ask you your your opinions of AEW, their product, uh, you know, their production, and uh, dude, what were your highlights? Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about um, All Elite. Kenny Omega was really a, a personally inspiring when I started getting back into wrestling because um, I'd kind of dropped out of it for maybe a good 10 years up until maybe 2017. I was really when I started getting back into it. And Kenny Omega has been a, 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 an inspiration to me. And just the word elite um, has been an inspiration to me to to rise to a, a new level. 
Um, and I think that's really what they're doing within the industry with all elite wrestling um, and, and changing the status quo of how professionals are treated within the industry and, um, and getting with the times as far as inclusion and acceptance and, and it, you're accepting the fact that it's 2019 and that the culture is changing. And I think they're embracing everything that wrestling needs to be. And I'm just hopeful that they will get the right minds and money behind it and execute it. Um, and, and I think they will, I think they have every, I think they have all the tools in place. It's just going to be a matter of, of making it happen. And I, I was hopeful with a double or nothing. I thought it was, was a good show from a production standpoint. Um, it, it, I think it could have compared with WWE on that presentation. The matches were solid. That pop for Moxley was amazing. Uh -huh. Um, Aub Aubrey nailed her matches. That timekeeper sucked, but, uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, overall, no, that was a great show. Uh, the audience packed that place, and um, I, I am hopeful for the the TNT show, the wh whenever it, it debuts there uh, later in the year. Um, and their buildup has been great. Um, Being the elite has been a great show. They really know how to use utilize social media to uh, expand their brand. And and my hope is that they will start to bring back those lapsed fans that who who got out of wrestling and hope reignite that fire um, because I think it, it helped reignite my fire into wrestling as well um, so that that's my hope too and that it, that it will just continue to make wrestling grow and grow and 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 get more popular wrestling is is cyclical so it goes it goes up and down and I think we're starting to um, venture out on that upshift and, and hopefully interest will be will be um, heightened I don't think it'll ever get back to where it was with the late 90s peak of the Monday Night Wars I just think there's too much too much entertainment things out there to grab people's attention but I think right now we're at a point to where we can definitely pique people's interest and make wrestling the best it possibly can be well, and all elite is is uh, is going to help with that process for sure oh definitely man I want to see it all get better that way there's you know more places for everyone to work, more money for everyone to make, and uh, just more stuff yep. for us uh, fans to watch on the other end, man. And uh, what did you think of the Dustin-Cody Rhodes match? My only thing about it, maybe slightly a little bit tad too much blood, but other than that, I love the entire thing. Because he was <laughs> yeah, just there a was, fossil, there was dude. Too much, there was too much blood. There was just... It, it was a good match, but yeah, that, the, he, got, he, he must have hit his head on that turnbuckle really hard yes, because he was gushing and you could just see the streams coming down. It's okay to be bloody, but when you just see the gushing, that takes it to a different level. Yeah. Um, it was kind of like but the when, when you had the faucet on, like just very low and it's just coming out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Tri damn. A trickle of blood. Yes. Uh, um, but no, that was a great match. And I think they did some, um, some great storytelling and I think their father would have been definitely proud of what they have had to deliver and, and proud of what they're doing uh, within the industry now with what Cody's doing with all elite. Yeah. I can't wait to, I know they're having that tag match against the bucks. That should be good, but I can't wait to see how they use kind of Dustin's coming up. Cause he shouldn't be on the show like every week, you know, maybe right at the start, but then kind of, he needs to be more of like a, an attraction, you know, let him rest his bones, bring him back, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, I think he he could definitely have a unique role within within the company, being uh, such a seasoned veteran within the industry. I mean, Goldust is a is an iconic character within pro wrestling, and I think there's no doubt they can use him well within All Elite. He's he's a grab, and I, I believe they have what Dean Malenko yeah. as part of their crew now, 
And I, I would definitely see Arn Anderson probably joining mm-hmm. that faction as well. I mean, there's definitely. clearly got, a shift in people's they, attention now. So they got the ass man too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember he works for that peon ant piss ant country co- company. Remember <laughs> triple H said yep. that all of fame. That was so funny. Yeah. They've got, they've got a solid crew backstage. So yeah, they've got a lot of pieces in place to make that, make all elite. Um, excellent. Well, hey, man, it's time to wrap it up here. We're on the hour mark, man. We just talked for an hour, and it seemed like we about just got started. Minutes. I We're know. Just started. I know. We, we didn't even talk about Nacho Mamas no. and their fantastic food <laughs> yet. No, no. That was awesome. What, have you been up? You drove all the way up and got some nachos one day just because of the podcast, right? And then drove all the way back to Salem? Yes. I actually do that on a weekly basis. I try to get up to Nacho Mom. No, just kidding. No, but uh, you do make me hungry every time I listen to the podcast, and then you have to – actually, I have to skip forward sometimes because it's like I, I get immediately hungry from you listing off the delicious ingredients uh, from Nacho Mama's. But, uh, yeah, it's very enticing, and I can't wait to get to, up there at some point and try some of those delicious dishes that I continuously hear about. Well, next time you're up for Defy, 3-2-1 Battle, Lucha Volcanica, whatever it might be, man, just uh, let me and the wife know. We'll take you out. Yes, I will do that. <laughs> you will be hearing from me, no doubt. So what's coming up for uh, referee Buddy Ruth as uh, this podcast drops? It's Monday, June 3rd. What's going on? What's coming up? Yeah, let me see what I've got on my schedule here. I wrote it down to make sure. Um, I'm going to be at the uh, WCWC house show. That's going to be in Salem on uh, May, on June 16th, Sunday, June 16th. That's a 2, BM, 2 p.m. bell time. Um, you can catch me in Portland, July 7th, Sunday, July 7th, with DOA Pro Wrestling. And that's going to be at Harvey's Comedy Club, also a 2 p.m. bell time for that one. And you can catch me at the uh, WCWC again, uh, July 21st, Sunday, July 21st. And then we have another uh, Paris Theater show for DOA Pro Wrestling, Thursday, July 25th. Um, I believe that's a 7 p.m. bell time, and that's downtown Portland at the Paris Theater with DOA. So I've got uh, a couple dates in June, a couple dates in July, and I hope to be out in some other areas uh, uh, in the region as well. All right. Well, if people want to follow you, um, they want to book you, they have a, a birthday party, they need you to referee, how do they get a hold of you, man? Yes, please. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Buddy Ruthless. That's at Buddy Ruthless. On Twitter is going to be my my main area where I want folks to to uh, contact me. Um, that's going to be my main. You slide me a DM if you want to get me booked. I'm available for dates here in uh, Oregon and Washington, and I really look forward to um, continuing to work more matches and get more experience under my belt. And uh, there's so much great wrestling out there, and I'm excited to be out there and be a part of it and uh, and meet folks. So. All right, man. I was going to ask you your final thoughts, but you kind of just broke that all down right in one <laughs> long question. That was really great, man. Uh, any last things you want to say before we go? Yeah, final thoughts, I guess, would, would be that, you know, no matter how old you are, uh, no matter what's going on in life, um, you can make a change, a positive change in your life. Um, um, you can make changes to to make a better life for yourself. Um, that's one thing that, that happened for me. I, I, I made a change to, to get healthy, to get fit, and to get into pro wrestling and, and, and it's been a great experience. So, you know, it it doesn't matter, you know, how old you are or what's happening. I think everybody can, can find that strength within themselves, uh, to make a positive change. And, and, and once you do, it can, it can inspire other people as well. So 
that's all. Hey, that's a great final thought, man. And uh, thank you so much for sharing your inspirational story. It should uh, inspire me to get off my fat rear and uh, (laughs) do something. um, But anyway, man, thanks a lot. Have a good rest of your day. Go have some uh, fun with your kids and uh, take it easy. Eltran, thanks so much for having me on the show. I definitely appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing you soon and trying some of those nacho mamas. You got it, buddy. Bye.